Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And uh, today on Catching Up on Cinema, uh, Kyle arranged to have us watch uh, Halloween 2018, uh, directed by David Gordon Green. This is a Bloomhouse production. Uh, if you're not familiar, they are a uh, production house that has developed over the past several years a very, very, very steady reputation for cranking out low-budget horror movies, classy productions that make a shit ton of money. Um, and this definitely fits the mold. Um, so Kyle, when this movie came out, was pretty hyped about it. Um, in fact, I'm kind of surprised that he asked me to watch this in April yeah, <laughs> in April of 2019. Like, I had a feeling that you were going to wait until the Halloween season to watch this, but You'd think. I guess you just couldn't wait or something. No, nah, because, you know, when I think Halloween, I think mid-April, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the sun's out, you got cherry blossoms on the grass. Well, it it looked good enough for me, and at the time, uh, I wasn't in a position where I could go see it in the theater. I was way too busy; uh, just couldn't make it. Um, it's def- this is definitely one I would have seen in the theater. Um, I went ahead and watched it because it was available for renting. And uh, you know, if you've been listening for a while now, you know that I have to watch scary movies when my girlfriend's gone, and I just had such an opportunity. Um, real quick, by the way, I got my DVD. I got my Blu-ray of Hagazusa. Uh, haven't oh, got a chance nice. to crack into it yet, but uh, I did get that uh, the Dude, day I, it came I out. Have heard, I have heard some great things about that. In fact, uh, I got in a conversation with someone on the Twitter uh, <laughs> who wrote a. He's a journalist, apparently. He wrote a review for it, and he gave it like top marks. And apparently, it's a directorial debut. So it is. You might, you might be uh, following ahead of the guy. curve. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I went ahead and had you watch this because I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Um, I was I went in, as I mentioned before we started recording, that I went into this uh, Halloween having seen quite a few of the other Halloween movies. Um, I think the only one I haven't seen is the one that has no Michael Myers in it, which I believe is Season of the Witch, the Halloween Correct. 3. Yep. That's the only one I haven't seen, and I've seen all these. Some of these I've seen several times. Um, oh, I apologize. I haven't seen Halloween Resurrection. I have seen H two O though. Yeah, um, I think I get. I guess we're on the same level in terms of our uh, investment in the franchise, then, because the only two that I haven't seen are uh, Resurrection, starring Buster Rhymes, um, right. and he 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 wins a fist fight with Michael Myers in that film. That's I actually why that. I didn't watch it. I would believe <laughs> I mean, it. I mean, Busta Busta in his uh, his red gi, that iconic photo where he's in his a. Uh, Last Dragon show enough get up. Mm. That is pretty badass. Um, but yeah, th- that was actually the reason they didn't watch the film. Was that uh, I forget who told me, maybe my brother, but I, I knew about that going in. And I was like, you know, it's the early 2000s, it's a Halloween movie. Buster Rhymes beats up Michael Myers. I don't think I need this. But the other one that I haven't seen is uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween 2. Oh, interesting. Uh, I have actually seen that movie, and I can't tell you anything about it. Um, it didn't. <laughs> it was really confusing uh, going in because I, I have actually a kind of a funny story about seeing uh, Rob Zombie's first Halloween movie. Uh, I went on a date with my girlfriend at the time. I had to have been eight. We were, we were eighteen, uh, and we went into this theater, and um, we were sitting there. And the movie's getting started, and I can just smell this smell. And I'm like, what? What is that smell? It smells like feet. And I'm like, you know, teenager. I'm, my mom uh, calls my brother and I Seinfelds. How we get like hung up if a girl has 
you know, just one little thing. Like she's got the Jimmy legs. But I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> she smells like feet. I'm like, oh, no, this is bad. And uh, I noticed because this is a you know, horror movie. There's lots of young people there. And I uh, I look down and I see um, I see some people. I'm like, oh, they go to my high school. They're younger than me. I don't know their names. And I, I see one girl. I'm like, huh, I recognize that girl. And uh, I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, a buddy of mine had told me about her. She always smelled like feet. I remember him saying that specifically that this girl at our school specifically smelled like feet. So I'm like, okay, I get. I'm thinking it's her. I'm like, okay, I can enjoy this movie now. I like the movie. It was great. And uh, we're walking out, and you're doing the after movie talk. You're like, so what did you think about the movie? And like, oh, it was pretty good. And she says. Ah, this girl that was sitting by me just smelled bad. <laughs> and I was like, she goes to my school. I know she smells like feet. Yeah. It was a, it was a nice moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like you found common ground. Yeah, right. This I is a relationship so that's meant to last. Except it didn't. Yeah, it did. <laughs> um, so if you haven't listened to the show before, um, Kyle is very big on horror films. Uh, I think I'm... I have a more analytical viewpoint of horror films. I don't actually watch that many of them, but I'm endlessly fascinated by them. And I, re- I like obsessively read about all the new ones that come out because it's a wonderful, innovative genre. That it's it's the fastest moving and evolving genre in film, if you ask me. Because um, it tends to be where the low budget people, like the indie types, get rolling. It's where they get their start, and they're more adventurous because it's early in their career. And who gives a fuck? Um, but in terms of your your uh, attachment to horror films, you're not too much big on slashers, am I correct? No, and I was actually surprised when uh, you said that you and I have covered pretty much the same bases as far as this franchise goes. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know why I've seen all these movies because I'm not crazy about slashers. Um, I would say that this is probably... Um, uh, would you consider The Strangers uh, a slasher film? Uh, close. Um, I mean... Technically, yeah, I guess more I, would or less. Lump, I would lump it in there, except for it's more of like a bottle drama. Yeah, like, it's a little more atmospheric. It's not, I mean, there's really not that much. Well, like, act- like You're Next, for instance, that yeah. has some slasher elements, but that is decidedly not a slasher film. I mean, it's, 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 it's more than that. I would say it's a little hard. I think it's harder to classify uh, The Strangers as a, as a slasher film, but I could see it. I can see that case being made. Um, did did you I, see the sequel to that, by the way? Uh, absolutely. Like last year. Absolutely not. No, I did not watch that. <laughs> you can't. You can't top the strangers. That movie is really good, and you can't. You can't top that. Don't try it's to a, make it again. It's a very solid, simple horror film. Like I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I love the. Uh, I love the original horror, uh, Halloween. Uh, I think I had it recorded off HBO. Um, it's a perfect horror movie, and that. It actually looks good, and it it, it has tension. It builds. Uh, you have a you have a a villain that is, as the sequels to the original will tell you, uh, invincible, but at least hard to kill. Um, and there's lots of boobs, which is always nice for you know a teenage boy. I mean, that first movie is just riddled with them. Um, yeah, they're they're flipping and flopping. You know, gravity is having its way. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of iconic like iconic shots. It was actually they did it. We'll get into a few of my problems with this uh, this Halloween, but uh, you know the boyfriend being stabbed up against the wall and him hanging there, and then Michael actually just kind of like turning his head and looking back 
kind of just looking into him, looking into his the blacks of his eyes. Well, I mean, what what happens to almost any franchise, not just horror franchise, but the slasher movies also, especially like the Freddy Kruegers. Um, <laughs> in wrestling terms, it's what happens when you you catch wind of something the audience likes and you give them too much of it. Yeah. Um, for instance, the head tilt. That was probably just something dreamt up on the set that uh, the actor, uh, Nick Castle, is the gentleman's name, who played the original shape of the Michael Myers character. Mm. Um, He's in this film reprising his role in certain shots for, like, I'm guessing for the more physical stuff because he's a very old man by now. Mm. Um, They had a different gentleman whose name I wrote down somewhere in my notes. I'll get to it later. But that head, head tilt, I'm sure, was just kind of like a, a little thing that they put in there that carried a lot of weight and resonated with a lot of people and then it just became this trademark move where it becomes the people's elbow of michael Myers' <laughs> repertoire <laughs> where it's like if he doesn't do the head tilt i'm, I'm calling i'm booing i'm gonna start a riot just like, this is bullshit just you saying the people's <laughs> this is bullshit just you saying the people's elbow <laughs> when people are like man the rock is really successful i'm like you needed him to be successful okay <laughs> <laughs> you elevated him to the success you brought him to where he's at <laughs> oh fuck You're um I, and hollering at his elbows is what got him where he's at <laughs> there's a re- another really cool shot in that original uh that we we touched on and uh, i'm sure most people have touched on uh halloween at some point in some kind of film class for their film major they've taken a horror film class but uh near the end of the film where she thinks she's killed michael and he comes up from behind the bed yeah he just sits up straight like a board and our professor was like did he did he practice it did he sit there and just practice that movement until he had it right or did he actually have somebody with a board pushing him up to do that and uh ever since then every time i like i think of that shot i'm like i wonder what how they did do it i don't know it's like that motherfucker was doing planks 24 7 <laughs> doing planks that before core. planks were a thing he was, he was getting that core just like activated (laughs) getting that hinge but so yeah i was just gonna say that um you mentioned the first film is is handsome Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a very beautiful to look at film um cinematography by dean kundi who has worked with the best of the best of the best Uh, you know the spielbergs and the john carpenters of the film world steven Um, spielberg who is that i've never heard of him i don't know Stevan Spielberg? <laughs> so he sounds... I think he might have done yeah. a Tom Hanks film or yeah. two. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he, he may uh, have done some movies with some guys. I don't yeah. know. But point point being, uh, John Carpenter's films, while typically very under budget <laughs> for the most part, um, I happen to really enjoy most of his filmography. Um, they're also very, very handsome films, especially The Thing. Uh, that's a gorgeous film in so many ways. And oh, I the tire... I was very, very happy to see that that tradition carry on to the cinematography of this film in some ways. Right. It's like we have a DP who's who has two pots of coffee on all the time. <laughs> like he's he's just on point all the time. We're in the age of amphetamines, my friend. Prescription amphetamines. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's microdosing or something. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say. Adderall. Let, do you want to go ahead and jump in? Because I wanted to just uh, mirror something from the first movie to this one. Uh, I loved the title sequence in this film. Uh, that actually comes after our cold open. But mm. uh, the title sequence, it actually is uh, very similar to the original Halloween because we have a cold open. Um, yeah. And the title sequence, I love in both of these movies. Yeah, it was very good. Um, if you wanted to jump into it, 
Uh, we certainly can, but I did want to have some more slasher talk with you at some point. Oh, we can definitely um, do it. But let's get to it. Um, so, like you said, we we do have a bit of a cold open. It's not credits to begin with. We oh, get, we, we should... get we get a Bond movie opening where it's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> we should we should mention, and uh, we, we can talk some more about our uh, other Halloween movies that we've seen, but yeah. this movie is taking place after the events of the first movie. There are no other films yeah, going uh, into Kyle, this movie. Are you familiar with the term retcon? Uh, I get um, uh, weightlifting supplements from a website called retcon, but I think it's probably a different, <laughs> uh, different thing. Wow, that was Shout amazing. out to retcon. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Um, not a sponsor. <laughs> so, for I guess for you and anybody at home who might not be familiar, the term retcon, uh, as far as I understand, originated in comic books, but it means uh, retroactive continuity. And uh, what that means is we're taking some shit that everybody knows happened because it's documented, but we're going to pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> so, basically, it's a change to the continuity after the fact. So... Um, like in Godzilla movie terms, they actually did something very, very similar to this, uh, where Godzilla 1984 came out, what, 30 years after the 54 original? In between, we had like 15 movies or so, but 1984 retconned all those movies and said, no, only the first one happened. And this is a concept that we're seeing applied to movies more and more regularly, I think, because audiences, because of the internet and being able to look up all like the storylines, all these movies at will, it's much, much easier to follow things. Uh, hence the reason we have Avengers movies and stuff where the story's told over 20 movies or whatever. Anyway, like you said, this movie, Halloween 2018, bearing the same title as Halloween 78, uh, pretends that not e- like only the first Halloween movie happened. Not even the second one, which uh, s- was supposed to have taken place on the same night as the first film. Which I think they could have done. I think they could have left it at the first two, but I don't think they it could, really matters. They could have, especially since they, they jab fun at the first film a little bit, and we'll get to that later. JC did uh, the second one too, didn't he? Excuse me? Uh, John Carpenter, he did the second uh, Halloween. No, he did not. Did he have the uh, same? I think, I think the, he produced it, but he did not direct it. Because it looks like it feels like the same film. Like it, it kind of just blends for me. That's a, I mean, if you're going to have a story that takes place on the same night, um, that that means that somebody did their homework in making the film look and feel similar. Uh, it's a little bit more aggressive. Like it's it's a nastier film in a lot it, of ways. It is, like it, it is. the the violence quotient is much higher. Yes, um, I actually enjoy it. Like, oh, yeah. I think it's a I think it's a solid movie, and plus hospitals are just creepy. <laughs> one nurse's death, yeah, hospitals are creepy. That one nurse's death was was pretty brutal. You talking about the boiler thing? <laughs> yeah, the nurse with the boobs. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I mean, how yeah. could you forget? Yeah, that's um, a very memorable <laughs> scene from that movie. It's <laughs> a bit much. Uh, so I guess we should get to Halloween 2018 again, directed by David Gordon Green, who has a uh, eclectic filmography. Um, he did a lot of uh, Seth Rogen movies like Pineapple Express and Your Highness. I fucking love. I love or both. Danny of those McBride movies. rather. Um, Your Danny Highness... McBride co-wrote this film, by the way. I saw that. I don't. I just. I. It's when I see Fred Savage's name come up on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm like, that's not the same Fred Savage. That can't be the same Danny McBride. No. <laughs> and, and actually, I'm like, it is the same Danny McBride. But uh, he had a funny line in Tropic Thunder where he was like, "Listen, I almost blinded Jamie Lee Curtis on the set of Freaky Friday. Okay. <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if, I, if I screw up again, I'm done." 
Uh, but yeah, so he has, you know, these stoner comedies and stuff yeah. earlier in his career. But in recent years, um, he did this Nicolas Cage film that I know nothing about other than its reputation for being a very, very good film. It's called Joe. I haven't um, seen that. And then the Jake Gyllenhaal Stronger movie uh, about the Boston Marathon bombing survivor. Yeah. I didn't uh, watch heavy that. stuff. But now he's doing this. So, like, like I said, eclectic. He he wears many hats, seemingly effectively too. Um, this is also produced by a fellow by the name of uh, Malik Akkad. Uh, I'm guessing he's related to Mustafa Akkad, who is known as like the shepherd of the Halloween franchise. Like, you know how Kevin Feige is the the Marvel guy. Mm-hmm. He's the executive producer who guides the continuity for all these films okay um mustafa akkad is that for the halloween franchise it's like uh, his baby uh let's see here uh david gordon green has also done uh the second most episodes of eastbound and down which is so one he, of the funniest uh shows ever uh, i think Kenny you've told me powers. that before but yeah. it goes to show he and danny mcbride are like buddy yeah. buddy um so uh the movie opens uh, with just some production labels. Uh, we get the Bloomhouse logo, so it's a sign of quality right away. Um, I really dug the fonts. Um, retro shit, Correct. orange font with with a little bit of like orange glow to it. Definitely yeah, a throwback to the well. original. Um, and then we get uh, a bunch of macro shots. Uh, it's very disorienting, but very pretty to look at because I unfortunately I'm not a cinematographer nor am I a photographer. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know the technical terminology, but uh, they put like a depth of field effect on a lot of shots in this film. And it, it gives it a look like a mm-hmm. very distinct look where whatever is in the center of the frame or whatever is the center of the focus is deep focus. But there's like a halo of blurriness around it. And it's very disorienting. It's very like dreamlike almost. <clears throat> it's almost like, like a like predator vision or something not like alien predator but yeah like like you're focused on you're like focused un- on one thing yeah like an unnatural focus where it's like that's not how eyes work but mm-hmm. in in a otherworldly sense it, it gives it a look but um, we get a lot of macro shots of like I, I thought it was a child's eyes and the decor of this asylum that we're in i thought we we're in the 70s or something because all the all the all the equipment and like the paint on the walls and stuff made me think like, oh, this is the past. No, it's just a shit facility. <laughs> shit facility. <laughs> I don't um, even know if the does the uh, this is like Arkham Asylum. This isn't even like a mental institution. This is like yeah. for the criminally insane. Do these exist? Yeah. I thought it just ha- it just was just Gotham that has uh, the criminally insane. Apparently, I mean, I haven't been to Illinois. Maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe this is where they keep all the crazies. <laughs> Trevor, I have. Ah, so. Confirmed. Sucks there. <laughs> um, so yeah, we get a lot of macro shots of I. I thought it was a child's eyes. A lot of uh, crazy inmates rolling around in their cells. Uh, lots of shots of security cameras. We kind of very slowly piece together that we're we're in an asylum. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the first sign that we are in present day was a uh, a Tascam came out like a digital audio recorder. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, okay. <laughs> it's like Today, it's not the seventies. Yeah. Uh, and then some some british people or people from the uk show up and there's a gentleman with a beard that looks a lot like walter peck <laughs> who has no dick uh and then a, a redhead i guess i didn't catch her name 
Um, no, yeah, it, they're inconsequential. Uh, <laughs> they they are, um, but they're there for a very specific purpose. And you want to walk us through that, Kyle? Yeah, so they are doing a true crime podcast. Uh, this movie has it out for podcasters, by the way. I started laughing. I started laughing as soon as they mentioned that. I'm like, God damn, okay. Um, well, what happens to them? I got a real good kick out of them. Like, who wrote this? They, they must really not like podcasters. Um, if you've seen the trailers, they're what happens in the trailers. Um, so they want to speak with Michael, uh, Michael Myers. Um, Loomis is... Uh, very dead. He is no longer with us. Um, and they're talking to uh, um, a doctor, and he's like, listen, he's never talked to anybody. He's not going to talk to you guys. Um, and he sends them out to, or he goes out with them to the courtyard. And this, I mean, you've seen these shots from the trailers. It just felt very, one, it felt very futuristic, which made me a little concerned uh, when I was watching the trailers. I'm like, I don't know about this, guys. What's with that? Uh, Raccoon City Square that they have. <laughs> it looks like something from the Resident Evil movies. It looks like I'm about to do a push puzzle or something, or a pressure trigger puzzle or something. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you guys can go out there, but he's not going to say anything. Stay away from that line. Like, do not cross that line. If you cross that line, his pulse is not going to give above 70, even while he eats your tongue, basically. <laughs> so they go out there, and they're basically just just trying to provoke him which i feel like you're not supposed to do to the insane nor the criminally insane yeah and the doctor is like supervising their visit and he's he's like giving him nods like he's like yeah, go for it <laughs> yeah the whole time he's just like all out it's fun he's like michael you a bitch and he's like all out <laughs> yeah so i i guess um that night of murders has really made him um since we don't have the other movies we're just treating this as this was um, just some crazy killing spree that this guy went on and has never talked about it at all. And we're living in a time where we're actually learning quite a bit about serial killers. I mean, we have a whole documentary about uh, Ted Bundy, which we have a I don't fucking know, movie coming out in like a couple months here, which is also going to be on Netflix. But the the, the Bundy tapes or whatever it was, f- very let, fascinating. Let it be known, Kyle. Ladies like serial killer stories. It's crazy. I don't have a single lady friend who doesn't listen to serial killer podcasts. I don't know what it is. Desserts and, and true crime docs. Well, Ladies, I, I, I love them. I think, like, you know, psychology is, is like, a really hot topic among our generation. And yeah. Like, I think it's just encountering, encountering psyches like that. They're so irregular and just impossible to understand. It's, it's confounding, but it's also, like, alluring in some ways. Because, like, this makes no fucking sense, but it happened, and this person lived it, and you can't... It's like a car crash. You can't look away or something. Yeah, um, and go ahead. I was just going to say, the the doctor who they meet up with, Dr. Sartain, um, Dr. Satan, <laughs> Dr. Satan. <laughs> Dr. Satan. Uh, Dr. Satan, who looks like Dr. Wiley. <laughs> um, he does, he does. He does, he looks he like looks Dr. Like Wiley. Wiley. I'm sorry, he's Dr. Wiley, and that's what I called him in my notes. Um, he is a protege of Loomis's. I, I was... He actually, he's been working Michael's case for decades. He looks like if you mash together Gary Cole and Hagrid. That's what I had in my mind. Uh, Gary You're Cole. a wizard, Michael. <laughs> uh, Gary Cole. Oh, from, shit. Michael Myers with a magic wand. Holy shit. You don't want that. He'd figure nah, it out, man. Nah, the way this just, guy figures out automobiles, dude, he we'll would get figure in, out a magic wand. We'll get into what my theory on Michael Myers, because there's only, with this, there's only 
two things that Michael Myers can be in this movie. No, but for a we'll, man who for a man who spent his essentially his entire life in an asylum, he's very handy with an automobile. I don't even think <laughs> the motherfucker's seen a microwave. Like, Dude, no. No, he probably has he's not. never seen a microwave. If he's seen one, he hasn't handled it. And he figures <laughs> out a panic room trap door. Come on, man. I think he would just be staring at a TV like, what the fuck is that? That's a flat screen TV. <laughs> that, that that would be, be funny. He gets an iPhone and that's what prompts the head tilt in this movie. <laughs> I mean, football's in full swing on Halloween, guys. Like, he is, he'd be sitting down watching football on a yeah, flat screen. He'd be screen. watching, like, MMA or something and be like, what is this? <laughs> I need this in my life. Um, but yes, the... Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, the... I just wanted to say uh, the the courtyard that they go out to visit him in, um, if you didn't see the trailers, uh, it's, it's like a white and red checkerboard. Yeah. And it's like super open air facility with like ultra blue skies. It's very pretty to look at. Like it is wherever nice. this is. As, it's aesthetically pleasing, yes. Aesthetically pleasing. Um I don't know where this was shot, but whoever scouted it did, you know, a great ass job. Um and yeah, while they're out there, uh Mr Mr Walter Peck, uh, the, <laughs> the British gentleman with the beard, uh he uh reaches into his satchel and he has Michael Myers' original mask. He just well, has it. He got Billy it from like, the State himself. Department. Yeah, he, he has the Bill Shatner mask that probably smells awful. Awful. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Um, and he, he holds it out to Michael. He's standing like with his toes on the line. Um, and the whole time, all the other inmates in the courtyard are flipping the fuck out. Uh, it's a very noisy scene. Uh, it's unnerving as all hell because there's like a... a dark force power like rumble like darth vader just walked down the hall or something oh they're mixing they're they're straight up like, yeah they're all mixing i'm not gonna say the rest of that but you know yeah. what i mean if if you get the reference good for you um, do you think yeah, he, he licks the inside of the mask <laughs> like li- licks the lip hole the mouth hole i mean i'm sure he does i've never seen him eat he's probably dehydrated and like he- he Just does a lot not, of sitting and waiting. He's got to be sitting there bored, like, oh, the, 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 <laughs> inside of the mask a little bit. I'm picturing, like... It- you folks at home can't see what Kyle just did, but just imagine Leatherface doing his lip business, <laughs> or his tongue business, but Michael Myers with, you know, the deep, dark eye holes where you can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> or he's going, ah, bop, 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 bop. <laughs> or blowing spit bubbles or something because he's bored waiting sweaty on the inside oh god he must stink he he has to stink yeah (laughs) um but yeah the british gentleman holds out the mask he asks him to he yells at him to say something and then bam title we get our title card and then we get our uh title sequence um Um, you you, you sounded pretty excited about this so how about you i like the it's uh it's a, a a dead it's a decayed uh, jack-o'-lantern, and yeah. we get like a reverse time lapse of it coming back to um, uh, jack-o'-lantern, which was kind of fun. Uh, I just I had to chuckle in my notes here. I wrote down um, love the titles, but I was you know scratching pretty quickly while watching this, so it looked like uh, love the titties. <laughs> 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 just this, I, I, I mean. Didn't actually, I added I mean, a T in there that I didn't cross, so yeah, it didn't. It, uh, I mean, I'm not good. I know. Now I know I'm why. Say anything about they that. They did but... that sketch on Saturday Night Live. Like, yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I get that now. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I like the classic font. I just like the jack-o'-lantern in reverse. I thought it was... I'm like, that's a nice idea. Um, and it's very similar to the original title sequence, which is literally just a jack-o'-lantern with a candle inside, just kind of glowing while the title sequence goes. Yeah, it's a slow zoom on it, but this is yeah. done, like you said, in a reverse time-lapse. It's a smooshed pumpkin, and then it turns into a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> Classy, um, I like it. And I like that they uh, they do the uh, the full credits for most of the cast. Where it's like so and so as so and so, it's very old fashioned. I kind of like it. I dig um, it. And the uh, the highest praise I can grant this film is uh, recruiting John Carpenter to once again do the score. Mm. Uh, he, man, the man knows his way around a synthesizer. I'll just say that much. Um, he knocked it out of the park with this. I know that's has been his passion in recent years. He hasn't directed a film in quite a while, but I guess he he does concerts and he composes music and apparently hire this man <laughs> like, give him more work because i would love to hear it and other stuff i didn't even know he did the music on this Jeez, oh yeah i did absolutely. not catch that and he he did not phone it in he made some new compositions some of these tracks are like great stuff that it's like yeah that was worth it um so uh after the title sequence uh we cut back to the british people they're driving in a vehicle and the whole time the british guy's like talking into his Tascam, into his uh, digital audio recorder, and he's, like, speechifying. He's basically recording the show, um, and he's clearly kind of frustrated that he didn't get anything out of Michael. Uh, so it becomes evident through their conversation that they are headed to see Laurie Strode because um, she was, like, the chief survivor of Michael's Night of Terror, well, second Night of Terror. What did they think, what did they, think they were going to have to provoke him that... Uh, that psychiatrists and doctors didn't think of. Like, what did they have? They had nothing except for, why did you do it, Michael? <laughs> you didn't think well, he hasn't been asked that before? Oh, uh. Well, the reason why I started laughing when it became apparent that they were podcasters was I was like, wow, this is like some millennial hate shit because yeah. this just stinks to high heaven of something that could actually happen. Just a couple of young idiots, like wanting to get some listens or some views or something and just fucking everyone over yeah, well, <laughs> because of their their arrogance or their disconnection from the material i'm a fan of podcasts and uh i'm we're realists with our podcasts like we are uh um amateurs <laughs> as far <laughs> as the film industry goes yeah and we do this for fun this is this is fun for us but these people are, are taking it very seriously very like they're seriously. across the pond in Illinois trying to interview a like a guy who was a mass murderer. Well, it needs to be said that when they're at the facility, they actually refer to themselves as journalists. Yeah. Um, it, it's not until they're in the car together that they t make mention of a podcast. Um, so I think they're aware that podcasting, it's like, mm, we're not quite there yet where it's like a, a respected like news sources <laughs> you want to see what podcasting can do for like for somebody in real for something in real life is watch uh the documentary about uh the, the serial podcast i forget what the guy's name is um I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna butcher his name so i'm not gonna say it um but the guy who is uh supposedly wrong wrongfully convicted for killing his girlfriend back in like 99 the the serial podcast basically shed light on that case and then the documentary was covering them covering them trying to re uh, reopen his case and no spoilers but the four-part uh, hbo docu uh docuseries is pretty good uh, well see that's kind of cool because yeah i wasn't aware of that but um i would not be surprised if that story was what inspired these characters 
it's very um, possible in, during the writing process for this film it's like these are people who like in some way are like crusading for some something uh it seems apparent that they're not a hundred percent pure in their intentions if they but, were like psychologists who had a podcast and they wanted to get if they were like like behavioral psychologists and they were trying to get down to the bottom of a, a case that like no one's ever made progress on like we don't know we have no idea why this guy did it that i would understand these two are just podcasters and they're trying to get a cool story yeah um so they arrive at the strode compound and it is a compound um, she is straight up sarah connored out <laughs> Yeah, actually, uh, in my notes here, uh, by the way, they only get the gate open by offering her $3,000. Yeah. Um, uh, my note here says, Lori's compound would make Bert Gummer proud. Bert, <laughs> as in the Tremors guy with all the guns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I remember him. So when they get to the house, uh, we get this quick little editing sequence. Um, it's pretty cool where we get to see Lori undo all of the locks on her door, of which she has many. <laughs> oh. And... Uh, the uh, sound editing, uh, the sound of like the the bolt snapping and like her moving the, the metal bar and everything, like very good sound editing. And there's all throughout this movie actually, there's a lot of good wood texture sound and metal. And this was the first time I noticed it in the film, and it carries on throughout the entire thing. And I was like, hmm, tasty. <laughs> and actually, I even wrote that. I was like. Uh, is this a sign of things to come? Are we going to get some metal sma- smashing and some wood smashing later? <laughs> but yeah, they come in the house, and uh, they start trying to conduct an interview. And uh, at one point, the, the gentleman throws out a question, uh, is he real? The boogeyman. Uh, the boogeyman being, uh, I think that was like the last quote in that first movie. Yeah. Uh, um, about it was, when it was talking the tr- to her. It was the trope with the kids. Uh, they were, she was like, oh, the boogeyman's going to get you. Then, like, we saw the boogeyman. And there's like, no such thing as the boogeyman. And then at the end, Loomis is like, who was that? That was the boogeyman. Yeah. yeah. And so that's his opening question, basically. And it's like, you son of a bitch. Like, yeah. where is your tact, sir? It's like, look at this woman's house. Clearly it's on her think she wants to revisit that night? She's not quite over it yet. <laughs> Three Jesus. grand be damned. I don't think she really wants to just dive into it. Maybe ask for some tea, a little hospitality, yeah. get her guard down a little bit. She's almost sitting there cross-armed, like not looking at them. Like, yeah, I'm just going to start asking her about that night that clearly traumatized her. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's during this this exchange of dialogue actually that we uh, were introduced to the the details of the retcon for the story. Yeah. Because um, he he talks us through everything about Michael and it becomes clear that oh Michael only went on a rampage twice. Uh, first being killing his his sister, and then second being when he escaped the asylum and came to town in seventy eight. Uh, so it spells it out to us the audience that all those other sequels did not happen. Um, and he also makes mention of the fact that uh, Lori's had some failed marriages and a daughter that got taken away from her by the government uh, when when they were about twelve. Yeah. So yeah, Lori hasn't had a great life up till now. Ever, I guess. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> so yeah, um, they uh, they ask they her. Want, a qu- go ahead. I was just gonna say they want to uh, they want Lori to confront Michael, and there's actually a uh, a ticking clock here. Um, it's kind of interesting, uh, where I guess Michael is being transferred to another facility that evening. Never transfer the criminally insane. It's don't just don't, don't do it. Never buses, do it. Buses and insane people just do not mix. Jesus. 
seriously, every time this man... I think literally every time this man has been on a bus, it's crashed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, literally. He's been he's been on two bus rides in his life. <laughs> They've <laughs> crashed the full time. <laughs> um... So yeah, they uh, they want to conf- want him uh, want her to confront him, and it kind of sets her off. And she's basically asking him to leave. He's like, "Give me my money and get the fuck out. Uh, I got to go be crazy for a little while." Um, <laughs> but uh, did she talk to her granddaughter f- uh, first before we get introduced to everybody else, or do we get introduced to everybody else? Uh, we meet the family. Yeah. Um, and I started rolling in my seat because uh, <clears throat> the whiz. <laughs> is the dad in this movie um oh to- uh, uh toby huss yeah um the I'm... whiz being the gentleman from seinfeld who uh, elaine recognizes from somewhere but she can't quite oh. put her finger on it and it's from a like a electronic store commercial where he's a mascot that's the whiz and nobody beats him <laughs> oh i was thinking it was the cherry banaka clown i was i was having a space there oh crazy joe Devola. oh god that I'm, was a great episode that would be great yeah uh, <laughs> it's like whoa hey. Toby oh, crazy, has... crazy joe Devola versus michael myers he'd be I throwing think... kicks and stuff <laughs> scary that would be that would be too tense uh, actually they'd probably just like team up <laughs> they'd, uh, they'd come to an understanding <laughs> uh Toby Huss, I always get excited when I see him because I I never see him anymore. He has a real funny like uh, viral video at, from probably like ten years ago by now. Uh, it's a little realtor bit. I'll send it to you. Great stuff. No, I'd love to see it because he I've seen him in tons of things. Oh yeah, he's always very funny. In fact, he's very funny in this, even though he's kind of like like he's, pushed to the back for for obvious reasons. You just he's, need a little comic relief. Yeah, and he's actually legit funny in this. Very like, when funny. He's, when he's playing with the yo-yo, and like in, even in his very first scene here where we meet him in the kitchen, like the, his daughter snaps at him a bit, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go pl- clean up this peanut bar. And he just like <laughs> he always, I was legit laughing. I was laughing pretty hard at yeah. this. Uh, Judy mom, Greer. Just, yep, yeah. mom is Judy Greer. Cheryl and or Carol uh, <laughs> from Archer, if you're familiar. I uh, am now, thanks to you. Yeah, you need to get on that second season. A uh, uh, new season comes out next month. Um, and then the daughter, I don't know who the daughter is. She's new. I don't, I don't really. I think she is actually very new. Uh, actress's name is Andy Matichak. Uh, sure. As Allison. 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 Um, Uh, and she, uh, I can't remember exactly what, what event we're trying to get the family together for. It's like an honor society, something or other. Um, I I ain't know nothing about that, so <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> this is why we do a podcast. <laughs> In- well, uh, so I, th- this is probably going to be down. Uh, we should talk about the re- uh, the relationship. So um, yeah, they're they're pretty tight knit family. Um, but the daughter asks her mom, like, "Hey, did you uh, did you invite grandma?" And it seems like uh, mom and mom and grandma haven't talked for a long time. I'm uh, not quite sure if they've been visiting through the years, but I don't think she's been real close with her. And well, uh, Judy at Greer. This point, yeah, at this point, we already know that Judy Greer was taken from her mom when yeah. she was 12. So I don't know how much time they've spent together. Exactly. Um, uh, I did. I really liked what Judy Greer did here, where uh, her where Allison asked her, like, "Did you invite grandma?" And she just goes away for a second like she's just staring off into space and you actually see her like roll her eyes for a second 
Excuse, oh, sorry, I wasn't there for a sec. It's like almost like at the mention of mom, she just spaced the fuck out, <laughs> like as like a defense mechanism or something. <laughs> it was impressive. I really like Judy Greer. Oh yeah, great. she's great. Um, <laughs> but she she lies to her daughter. She's like, no, I invited her. She or I tried to get a hold of her. She uh, she can't make it or something like that. Um, well, she uses agoraphobia as an excuse. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, grandma doesn't like leaving the house. She probably doesn't. Uh, that's not a lie. But I mean, she's got everything there. Shit. <laughs> Why would you leave? It's a compound, yes. <laughs> um, so Allison takes off in a huff, and uh, she goes walking down the street with her two friends. Um, there's a blonde gal and a guy with a goofy hat, a deerstalker yeah. cap or whatever. Um, typical teens. Uh, and they start talking, and Allison makes it known that she knows that her mom lied to her because she called her grandma to invite her. Uh, independent of mom so there it just some tension in the family here especially on the female side of things um and the dude uh starts making mention of uh they start discussing halloween 78 about why grandma's kind of fucked up yeah um and the dude draws attention to the fact that oh you know it's just a night where a guy like stabbed a few people uh why is why is this such a big deal and i mean by today's standards, I guess he has a bit of a point. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> It's like, I mean, yeah. awful shit happens yeah. all the time, and we're all too aware of it, unfortunately. But it's yeah. like one of those things that, you know, he's saying what a few people in the theater were probably thinking. Uh, this we- is a moment that I really appreciated in this uh, film, because I thought that I saw these two. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch these two die later. Um, we learn, uh, I learned early on with this character that she's straight edge. Uh, her two friends are smoking some Wade before uh, school, and I'm like, okay, well, they're probably going to die. And then the boy takes some fireworks, and he throws them in a jack-o'-lantern. First thing in the morning, fuck this kid. And uh, he, he sets the fireworks on fire. I'm like, oh, that kid's so going to die. Like, yeah. I was just like, I'm going to watch him die later. They don't die. They're, this is the only time we see them in the movie. Is this, oh, that's, that's not true. They might pop back up once no, they, they, later. We'll, we'll get to it. but yeah. um, we'll, we'll get to that. But um, that was actually funny because um, while you were watching the movie, I think that's like the one thing you texted me. Was yeah. that some kid just blew up a pumpkin in this movie. He is so dead. Yeah, he's <laughs> so dead. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, the kid just blew up... One, part of the franchise iconography he is dead that's a welcome to horror movie missteps 101 if you are setting fireworks off in a horror movie you are gonna die later well it's like if you walk onto like a native burial ground don't kick the headstones (laughs) like what are you doing (laughs) if you're gonna lose if you're gonna have sex with your boyfriend while you're supposed to be babysitting you're not gonna see november 1st (laughs) <laughs> like no joke man it's uh, simple rules like jamie kennedy told us like <laughs> everybody's a suspect everybody's um, a suspect i did actually get a like a little bit of a chuckle though at that scene because they go from talking about this heavy shit about the stabbings in 1978 and how bad stuff happens to people all the time and then there's no transition between him talking about that to blowing up the pumpkin yeah, I was like, th- that is such a teenage fucking thing to do. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like there is no transition. Just like he just his attention span just is that much. Where in mid sentence practically, he's just like, oh, boom. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, and then we get to the school and we get to meet the boy, the boyfriend. Uh, I didn't like this kid right away. <laughs> yeah, he kind of reminds like... me of uh, the kid. He's in the Fantastic Beast movie. He's in a lot of stuff now. Perks of being a wallflower. I don't know the kid's name, but he just looks like a younger version of him. Um, 
Right. Yeah, he he uh, he's with Allison. Uh, they make out at at her locker for a second. Uh, this Sorry. sequence. Ezra Miller. Is, he looks like. Oh yeah, Miller. he's the fucking Flash, man. Oh yeah, he is. The <laughs> <laughs> um, he's pretty good as that. I liked him as Flash. I'll give him that. Yeah, it's fine. Like, it, yeah. From what that movie, it was a dumb movie. He was fine. He's just like for now, anyway. He's just like young guy. He's like he's like Jimmy Fallon parallel. <laughs> like he's, got in some fan, ways. he's got these Fantastic Beast movies, and I think it's going to be kind of slow after that. Oh, gotcha. Um, so yeah, they're making it out of the locker. Uh, this whole sequence is shot very tight, like faces. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, yeah, and, and then the kid and then with Angus, the biggest, Angus shows up, the biggest fucking head I've ever seen on a human being. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was calling him Angus. I don't know if you remember that movie. <laughs> <Angus Bethune. laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mouth breathing Angus. So, yeah. So yeah. Long, long haired Angus shows up and uh, oh, he, he's, he, he smooches both of them. And they're like, Oh, Oh no, don't do that. And, we're, uh, they're doing an interesting thing in this movie. We're not, um, we're, we're, towing we'll get to sorry let, let's, let's keep moving we'll, we'll get to <laughs> okay. it uh so allison's in class and out the window we see Lori doing her uh, cross-arm stance uh outside the window which is maybe a little bit creepy it's creepy uh, yeah um and allison presumably after class between classes i hope um she goes out to meet Lori, and uh they're standing together and Lori just very casually hands her the three thousand dollars and she's just like granddaughter go be do um, don't save it for college go blow it on stuff <laughs> yeah actually that's straight up what she tells her she's like yeah. spend it on whatever your heart desires and actually she encourages her to leave just go away and you get the sense it's because uh i did mention there's a ticking clock uh Lori is all too aware that michael is being transferred tonight correct and uh maybe she has like a bad feeling about tonight <laughs> yeah um so she's telling Allison, get the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, and then right after this, I think we, we cut to Lori locking and loading. Uh, she got some guns. Boom, 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 Quite a few yeah. guns. Yeah. A lot of that business. And we get this neat little montage where she's cleaning and loading her guns. She's practicing on the range. She has a bunch of mannequins. Put a pin in that. Um, and then we also see the, the British folks uh, in their tiny motel room, like studying their materials about Michael. Um, and then we get to see the inmates being loaded into the bus. So yeah. there's a lot of action happening concurrently. Um, and there was a really cool shot in here that I appreciate um, <laughs> uh, of uh, Michael uh, in yeah. profile. Michael's face is on camera a handful of times in this movie, but it's always very quick cuts. Very similar to how they did in the first movie, where there's that one sequence where his mask is off, and he just like very casually puts it right back on. It's kind of cool, but um, there's a really great shot in here where we get to see uh, Michael in profile, and we see that his one eye is yeah, fucked. That was awesome. I I, really I was like, that is that. that if you're going to pay like respect to the continuity from the first film, that's a good thing to do. They do. They there's some that they kind of over like. Um, they do a little too on the nose. Yeah, like the a, the knife in the wall is too much for me. The knife in the wall, and then like, oh, you're the new Loomis. I'm like, oh fuck you, the new yeah. Loomis. Uh, no, I'm sorry, you're not Doctor yeah. Satan. Doctor <laughs> Satan. Uh, no, the uh, yeah, the eye thing. I was like, outstanding. Yes, good job. 
just it was yeah. brief it was like you almost missed it if you weren't paying attention yeah you you very easily could have because it was only a few frames but whoever did the makeup did a good job yeah because um, i noticed it and i was very happy to see it um folks at home if you aren't aware uh michael myers got jabbed in the eye with a a, a clothes hanger yes in the first film. and it's the only time we ever see his face mm-hmm. in the entire franchise yeah, uh, he gets poked in the eye, and his mask fumbles off, and like I said, he just kind of casually just, like, puts it right back on. Yeah. And that's part... We may as well get into a little bit of slasher talk here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to me, that that's always been, like, the the concept of the character, is that he's described as, as if he's Bruce the Shark from Jaws. He's a killing machine. Yeah. He's a, he is an unfeeling killing machine. He doesn't take... He doesn't have any passion invested in what he does. He just does it. Yeah. Um, and that's like always been the difference between him and like the the Jason Voorheeses and the Freddy Krueger, where Freddy Krueger obviously revels in you know playing with his food a little bit. He's a Jason, <laughs> especially in like the Kane Hodder days, he was pissed. <laughs> like, like <laughs> he just did not like those kids. <laughs> oh, I think that I think that Leatherface was far more uh, upset than Voorhees because you think. Yeah, Leatherface was screaming the whole time. But he'd do, he'd do his little weird dance and stuff, though. Did you see that fat bastard sprint? He was not Gunnar even winded. Han- Gunnar Hansen, I think? Yeah, he's like, I mean, he's just been eating pork. He's just he, he's just been eating pork in Texas, and the man can sprint like Hussein Bolt. Like, <laughs> with a chainsaw, mind you. See, if he didn't have the chainsaw, though, imagine how fast he'd be. He'd be doing the T-1000 arms. Yeah. <laughs> like, no like, breathing. I think he's going 30. (laughs) But yeah, um, so after this montage, uh, we go to dinner with the family. And this is a special occasion because Allison's bringing her boyf, bringing the boyfriend to dinner in a public venue. And uh, Grandma's supposed to be there, but she's not there. Uh, So they're having an awkward dinner where Dad's being... A dad. <laughs> oh, he's standing like, out. It's great. Yeah, it, it's pretty fucking funny. And he's Judy Greer is trying. It's funny seeing Judy Greer try to be the straight man in the room because she's good. <laughs> she's very good at it. But at the same time, it's like you're you're a funny lady. <laughs> I uh, know you got something. <laughs> if, if there were if they were gonna do a live action Archer, uh, the the peop the two people that could actually uh, three people that could play their characters, and I would believe it would be the guy who does the voice of Krieger, Lucky Yates. Um, Aisha Tyler, who does Lana, because she actually looks very similar to Lana, and Judy Greer, I would love to see as a real life Cheryl because I feel like she could just knock those jokes out of the park, just be like an aloof rich girl, billion, like an aloof billionaire, basically. Um, but yeah, she, she I've, she just, it's, it's, it's right there. Like she could be, she could be funny in here, but the dad is going like borderline, like he's teetering on racist here talking to the kid <laughs> well the kid like the way we're introduced to the scene is if you're listening closely the the boy mentions that he's like part cherokee um he doesn't quite know what percentage but he's part cherokee and then the, da- <laughs> the dad mentions like oh yeah i hung out with him and uh, i actually wrote it down because i th- i was laughing pretty hard he says yeah trip balls out in the woods me and his dad <laughs> yeah <laughs> peyote, peyote. yeah he, he he said yeah his dad used to sell me peyote <laughs> And Judy Greer is just like, it's enough sharing for one night, honey. <laughs> uh, Grandma was out in the car shotgunning whiskey like bad Santa. Uh, 
Oh, no, no. Yeah, because she just saw Michael get onto the Gam- bus, I believe. Gam-, Gam Gam had a bit of an emotional breakdown while sitting in the parking lot of the, the asylum. Yeah. She did She did not shoot him as she had planned on it. No. Um, and she ends up showing up at the at the restaurant instead. And it's like, oh, Gam Gam, what are you doing here? And she shows up and is awkwardly just standing while everyone else is sitting. And she just helps herself to, I think, Judy Greer's wine. Yeah. <laughs> and Judy Greer like verbalizes that, Mom, I thought you don't drink anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, this is awkward. And uh, as soon as she sits down, though, she starts to bawl. Like she breaks the breaks fuck down. down. Yeah, she saw. Yeah, it was it was heavy. Yeah. Like I I mean I don't know, but oh, I'm sure you like most families have moments like this where it's like this is bad. Like there's yeah. some stuff. There's some. This is like uh, when you graduate from the kids' table kind of stuff. Yeah, where it's like yeah. th- these are relationships that are la- multi-layered and are built on a foundation decades deeper than you've been alive. Yeah. So it's like I don't quite understand what's happening, but I know it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, the, and they're young. Like there's these kids are still in high school. They yeah, have they're not teenagers. Anything like this yet? They don't know the inner workings of uh, how families work just yet. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, my mom and dad are happy and nice, and I just want to do my own thing. Like, no, mom, mom had to go through some shit. So yeah, and actually, this is where it, uh, this is explained to Allison, where uh, we cut from, you know. Jamie Lee Curtis having an emotional breakdown. She's selling the fuck out of it, by the way. Doing a really good um, job. <clears throat> yeah, she came She's to play. She's excellent in this movie. It's strong, like, we, we were saying today, like, it's hard to find uh, movies with strong female leads. This has got two. I mean, we'll we'll see the second one a little bit later, but uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is rocking shit in this movie. Oh, yeah. No, I've always liked her as an actress, and she, you know, they, they took some arm twisting, I'm guessing, to get her to do this, because she's attempted to distance herself from the franchise several times but what? uh she came to play this is a breath of fresh air i feel like you, she could appreciate it uh i think the it. script is what got her to come where it's like you know this is not a half-assed cash in attempt this is like a sincere attempt to make a decent movie i think they sat in a room and they're like okay if we can get carpenter to do the music if we can get his trust will you do the movie or vice versa like if we can get jamie lee to do it will you do the music <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm sure they they told each each of those parties exactly the opposite <laughs> it's yeah. like like you know jamie jamie signed up like jamie lee's yeah, all good all cop bad it. cop in it yeah <laughs> and then they your go, friends are in the other room talking right now they tell me everything <laughs> exactly you save yourself some time and tell me what you need to tell me <laughs> um so we cut from the restaurant to the parking lot and uh gam gam drives off in her big ass truck and uh Judy Greer tells us, like, she's kind of staring off into the middle distance watching her mom leave, but she's talking to her daughter, talking to Allison. She's saying, like, now you see why Gam Gam isn't around all the time. Like, there's a reason why I don't like having her around all the time, because this was my life. And we actually get a really cool little montage, uh, show don't tell, Kyle, Mm -hmm. (laughs) of, of her as a child essentially being trained to be Sarah Connor. Um, from childhood, and, it's, uh, it's literally John Connor, and yeah, because that she was training John. They mentioned that T two. They're like, yeah, she was training me to be this great military leader. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's she's female John Connor, but she's trying to female. fight a serial killer instead of uh, Terminators. Yeah, Skynet. Um, so uh, main thing you're supposed to take away from this is 
Judy Greer may be the Christmas sweater wearing soccer mom, but she got an she, edge. She got an edge. She got um, an edge. Put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> and then then we cut to this dad driving his his very very young son to go hunting like in the dead of night. Oh my god! Okay, I, <laughs> I was like, what you. the fuck is this scene? <laughs> so, um, I was gonna mention like we 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 kind of touch on sexuality a little bit in this. Uh, we. I'm sorry. We explicitly don't touch on sexuality in this uh, in this movie. We skirt just around. We it. <laughs> we're, like, we're getting so close to it, and we just get around it. Uh, the There's nar- nary a boob in sight. <laughs> yeah, we we're doing something completely different with this one, and I I appreciate it. It's it it works. Uh, we have a, a a young boy. I I enjoyed this conversation. Him and his dad, and he's like, Dad, I don't I don't like to go hunting that much. Like I I'd, I'd rather be doing dance. And the dad has the opportunity. Like they had an opportunity with it to just be like, Oh, that's for pussies. He's just like, Is it I mean is it that important to you? And just the conversation between the two of them was great. And then we get to, I think we might have to do an episode on, um horror movie fuck-ups now this might be the crown jewel of the biggest fuck-up i've ever seen in horror movie history really these this man who is driving with his son (laughs) at night come across a bus with grown men and clearly some kind of jumpsuit associated with a correctional facility bright white by the way Bright white, which if it's not orange, and if it's not orange, you should be even more afraid because it probably means the criminally insane. And my note, I forgot about my note down here. I said, transport the criminally insane. Sure, the Joker needs goons to recruit because we come up on this bus and I'm like, that's the Joker's just, these are the guys the Joker recruits, basically. Well, I mean, it's either it's either the Joker's goons or it's like, uh, a morgue attendance convention or something <laughs> the bus pulled over on the side of the road this fucking bus is of course crashed i mean what were we expecting i think this was in the trailer too so uh this i mean is a cr- it's very good shots very uh, the good use shots. the use of fog and lighting in the fog is quite good very good uh this dad uh these i mean these people are just kind of walking very creepy uh, like kind of past the truck and the dad's like I'm gonna get out and see if these folks need some help I'm like dude has there ever been a time to go 20 miles over the speed limit through something it's this at the very least stay in the car with at your the child very least. With your I mean child. the best you could do is like kind of keep driving and like crack the window like hey are you okay or just like look at what was on the bus or get your phone out and start calling like hey there's a bus crash down here and there's a bunch of crazy people walking around yeah yeah um, this was a little stupid. <laughs> um, major fuck up on the part of dad and his son. But, uh, yeah. So dad says, "Stay in the, stay in the car, son. I'm gonna go investigate. See if anybody needs any help." And he tells his son to call the police, which he does. And kid, that's a pretty good nine one one call for a little kid, by the way. Very good. I, I, I yeah. Kinda he he like he like puts it together. He's very concise. I'm like, damn, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> No, that's um, I, I. I was thinking that same thing. I'm like this kid's calm. It's confident. He's, yeah, he's handling this really well. Yeah, but uh, dad's gone for a little while, and some crazy people start getting too close to the car, so the kid starts freaking out a bit. And uh, 
he's also dumb. I mean, they're of the same bloodline, so I get it. Um, so he gets out of the car too. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Hang on a second. We might be we might be moving on to Jurassic Park quotes. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, this father and son had their shot, and nature selected them for extinction. Okay. <laughs> we might be moving there on to Jurassic Park quotes. There it oh. is. <laughs> there um, it is. So, boy. Dancing boy uh, gets out of the vehicle with his hunting rifle, and again, pretty cool lighting out here. Um, the headlights pick up on the fog really well, um, and I think we get our first jump scare of the film. Uh, yes. The boy comes across a guard who is laying flat on the ground, and he like Not nudges him well. with the butt of his rifle, and he goes blah, <laughs> and the kid's like, oh, "I'll get help," and the cops like, "No, run, just." Just go. <laughs> you don't want to be here. Basically, just tells him run, go, get to the chopper, um, and then I think the boy ends up getting onto the fucking bus. I'm like, what you, the fuck are you doing? Out of your mind? Yeah. Are you out of your mind? And uh, another great shot. There's the bus, and the head- headlights are like illuminating what looks like wheat or tall grass of some sort. Yeah. Um, and he gets on the bus, and uh, this is a low budget film with a synth score so we need to have some like like uh blue blue tinged lighting <laughs> just for shits and giggles in the bus uh, i didn't realize the bus was like sponsored by virgin airlines or something but um <laughs> and then we get jump scare number two like 30 seconds after the first one where uh, dr satan pops out from behind the seat and says don't shoot and the boy shoots him. Yeah. It was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> I had a good laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> Blad. Bam. Yeah, right in the chest. So, boy runs back to the car. He didn't find his dad, by the way. Oh, no, he did uh, not. His dad. And uh, Michael's in the back seat. And uh, Michael grabs him by the throat, like, from behind. And it's kind of a lame death but it's child death so i'm happy yeah you don't need to go too in depth on child yeah, death yeah i mean we the the it. it needs to be said right up front the violence in this film uh most of the gore is post it's a, a, yeah. it's after the fact yeah. so we get to see the like the aftermath of the bad shit that happened which can be very effective and honestly if you're going to kill a kid give a good kid scream cuz that's chilling you don't need to yeah. see anything to have the kid scream like oh you know, actually, that's another way you could have gone about it. It's just yeah. have him grab him from behind and then cut to an exterior of the vehicle and just hear the scream and then cut it. Do um, you remember how, do you remember the gladiator when Joaquin is trying to get a rise out of Russell Crowe? And he's like, they say your boy scream like a girl. And you're like, oh, like you can just feel the hate flowing through yeah. you and you want to strike him down with your lightsaber. <laughs> like that just that little bit just even mentioning a kid screaming is enough to get you going like that's that's heavy that's pretty great and i think he called i think he uh i think he called his wife a whore too <laughs> i, I that kind of just blew right over because when he when he talks about killing your kid you're like okay all right i'm gonna kill you in a minute <laughs> yeah he that, man he killed him good he kills the fuck out of him yeah it's great yeah, that, that was a good fight that was a good, <laughs> that was a good fight um but yeah, the child gets grabbed from behind. Uh, I think he just like snaps his neck, kind of. He like yeah. bumps his head against the window for a little bit, and it's just like <laughs> dead. But it's it's on screen child death. I'm I'm always happy to see that. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm sorry, my, my notes real quick. I said I just want to dance, Dad. Looney Bus. What the fuck, Dad? What the fuck? Like- <laughs> 
You should be writing summaries for IMDb. <laughs> oh, prison jumpsuits in a wrecked bus. Let's check it out, huh? <laughs> uh, so we cut to a convenience store, and this was—I <laughs> couldn't help but think of Die Hard when I saw this scene. Um, like at the end of Die Hard Three? No, 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 no. Um, when uh, Reginald Vell Johnson, uh, when he's buying his Twinkie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're introduced to a cop at a convenience store. You know, I couldn't help but think about it. But they're for my um, wife. She's sheriff. Pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> bag it big time bag it <laughs> that's great uh sheriff will Patton. Mm-hmm. um always welcome big fan uh he is playing some pinball and the people at the convenience store are unimpressed with his pinball abilities but he gets the call uh presumably from the child um relayed to him from the station yeah. and he's off to investigate like right away and uh, he arrives on the scene almost immediately, uh, and he finds some bodies. And there is a pretty savage fucking neck break here. Uh, not on screen. It's not. We don't see it happen, but we see the aftermath. And this dude's head is put in a position he probably doesn't want it to be in. That's when I perk back up. I'm like, okay, this is like the movie was keeping me engaged. And then when I saw that, I'm like, okay, now we're now we're picking up. All right, here we go. See what, yeah. who's gonna go. Uh, and then Sheriff Will Patton does some more investigating. Uh, he gets on the bus, and Dr. Satan is on the ground, and he's been shot, so he's not in a great state. Uh, and then I think, title card, October 31st. Yeah. Uh, again, a uh, call back to the first film, because <clears throat> there was like a countdown, if I remember, from up up to Halloween. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the British people, the podcasters, uh, they are at a graveyard. They go to visit Judith Myers, uh, mm-hmm. her grave. Uh, Judith Myers being Michael Myers' sister who he murdered when he was a child. Um, they record some material at her headstone, and uh, we see in the background that, oh, hey, Michael's here, and he's he, he's still in his, his white uniform from the asylum. Um, side note, one of the... If I'm remembering right, and I'm sorry, I might not be, um, one of the things I always thought was really stupid in that first movie was when he moved the headstone. Doesn't he put, like, his sister's tombstone, like, in somebody's house and, like, in their bed or something? So, he does, if I if I remember correctly. I think, <laughs> correctly. I think he moves the headstone into the old ha- his old house. I think, I think you're right. I think he puts it in the basement. Um, it's been you a long... You seem to remember it, like, being put on a bed where one of the dead bodies is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the girl he strangles with the telephone cord post coil. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They were. I'm sorry. I mean, they think they all every are. death <laughs> in that movie post coil. <laughs> Let's be fair here. Uh, no, she was the one with like the pigtail sticking out the side. I think she yeah. was in Carrie as well. That actress. Ah. Um, yeah, I always thought that that was. I mean, like this is another thing that's actually like become a staple of the character. Is he he does. As much as he's portrayed as being unfeeling, uh, at least the way Dr. Loomis talks about him anyway, he does have a little bit of a flair for the theatrical. Mm. Um, He's big on displaying trophies, almost. Um, And even in that first movie, like, putting up that headstone, that's like, damn. Like, you killed someone decades ago, good for you. (laughs) Like, I just want to remind everybody that I did that. (laughs) Like, just so you know. 
I had that one like good it, hit back then. Yeah, it's like, if you're doing my kill count, make sure you include sis. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I know it was a while ago, you might have forgot, but, but yeah, uh, she counts. I'm glad you mentioned that Michael was at the cemetery with the podcasters, because I my notes watching this, I'm like, how the fuck did he track them down at this gas station? I just I missed that shot where he was at the, the graveyard. I'm like, well, maybe fucking... he is as fast as Leatherface. <laughs> uh, seriously. Well, again, it needs to be said, this man knows his way around vehicles. I'm sure he yeah. was hot wiring and shit. Like, he probably had, like, a motorcycle or something. <laughs> like, but uh, we cut to a hospital where there's, a, I want to say he's, like, a marshal or something. He's got the cowboy hat. Yeah. He, oh, he cool. uh, yeah, he's also in Eastbound and Down. And oh. if you remember him from Road Trip, he's the giant dude that plays the joke on Kyle, uh, where they put the Ku Klux Klan mask in his... Uh, in his suitcase. I don't know if you've seen that movie in a long time. I have not. But, uh, he, uh, yeah, he, he's pretty funny. And, uh, down, down <laughs> no, I, he, he stood out. I liked him. His outfit alone was pretty cool. He's lost um, weight too. He's, he's looking, he's looking skinnier now. He's getting ready for a Marvel role or something. <laughs> Work his way up. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he and Will Patton are at the hospital together and, uh, they're, tr- they're swapping notes. Because they have Dr. Satan in a hospital bed there. He's been in and out, apparently, all night. And uh, Will Patton happens to have, like, the ledger from the bus crash. And he points out to this gentleman with the cowboy hat that uh, Michael Myers was on this bus. And he's unaccounted for. And uh, 40 years ago to the day is when he stabbed a bunch of people. And the uh, gentleman with the cowboy hat's like, yeah, that's worth noting. <laughs> uh, thanks for pointing that out, Sheriff Will Patton. Yes, thank uh, you. By the way, they refer to the 78 incident as the babysitter murders, uh, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and then we get the gas station, where is where things really start to pick up a little bit. Um, again, trailer shots. Yeah. A lot, of tra- a lot of trailer shots, actually, from the scene. Um, understandably so pretty good sequence but uh the brits pull into a gas station uh the lady heads to the loo (laughs) and while she's asking where the restroom is we see in the background michael giving some poor soul the grounded pound um (laughs) like oh my god he's going to town on this guy um he's still in his his white jumpsuit and uh it's kind of a cool scene because there's he's far enough away that's muted we don't hear anything of the action and we just see her having a casual conversation with a cashier. And we just see this old man beating the shit out of some guy that's off screen. Um, and important thing to note here is that when they pull into the gas station, they're fiddling around the trunk. They still have his mask. Yeah. It, and it's in the trunk. Um, so she heads to the loo. And uh, she's popping a squat. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody in a dark jumpsuit with... Uh, I want to say like steel-toed boots, almost like leather-soled. Yeah. Um, comes in and starts doing that awful thing where they start like pushing open the stall doors, like looking for the the not fucked up one. Mm. And it's Michael, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Um, so, do you want to walk us through the scene, Kyle? Because I uh, thought I actually thought this was a standout sequence in the film in a lot of ways. It was a good sequence. Um, I like where the guy goes up to the the lady <clears throat> in the van. And they ask her for something. They like I'm not. They sure don't what say it, anything. She just. It's she actually kind of. It's really creepy because it's just really gives creepy. Like, she just gives like yeah. a quick little eye, like she doesn't even. Ge- it's not even a gesture. It's yeah. like she just kind of moves her eyes real quick to like, 
over there. Like, yeah, almost like it, she's in shock. Yeah, um, she's in a van that it's like the Resurrection Church, which I don't know if that's supposed to be a reference to Halloween Resurrection. For for the love of God, I hope not. <laughs> um, but it's this dingy van, and there's this old lady, and yeah, like like Kyle described, she she and the British guy make eye contact, and he like gives like kind of a embarrassed like hey <laughs> like with his eyes and she just just flicks her eyes to the side and nothing it's really like, comes of it but it's definitely creepy it's it's enough of a gesture for us the audience to get like she's trying to tell him something yeah and for him he's just like that was weird it was a weird interaction she's trying so, to tell him don't go in there somebody blew up the toilet <laughs> i was really i was really pulling for these podcasters and then when i saw him come in i'm like oh these podcasters are dead yeah you're um, in a small confined space uh and it's early in the movie and he hasn't killed anyone on screen yet other than but, the boy it, but they leave enough with this scene to make you think that they could get away because i'm like they're not like they're capable of escaping at this point like there's not it's not that far of a distance and um he this is the the of course the the teeth he he takes the teeth over like he she's being so polite he's like banging on the door trying to get you. like somebody's in here this is occupied and, she, and she's you not knew she a panic attack you knew she was gonna die because she rolled her eyes at him I think he saw that through the crack in the door he's, oh. he's like bitch don't you roll your eyes at me but yeah this is where he throws the teeth over the side which uh, as soon as I heard that one door kick in I would have already had my pants up I'm like Ooh, okay yeah. this this is I'm like he's he's not he's one. not knocking he's he's slamming doors and stuff now there uh this doesn't they don't show this in the original but in the Rob Zombie remake of the original um he I was going to send you the uh a gif if I could find it but I couldn't but um the the black guy who he's uh, in some older horror movies in the seventies. Uh, Is that Ken Forey? Yeah, uh, he's from, in, from a Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, he's in all those uh, Rob Zombie movies. Yeah, but that's that's who it is. He. Uh, the guy's like trying to break in. He's like, hey, hey I'm busy in here, man. <laughs> he's just being <laughs> real nice about it. And uh, he comes out and he's like, you know who I am? I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. Like he's gonna fuck him up. Re- one of the funny, one of the funnier moments from that movie, if any. Uh, but yeah, the Michael Myers gets a hold of her. She, she starts screaming. Uh, her partner comes in, and yeah. they have a, a little bit of a. They have ahead. a tussle, but they have like, a before, tussle before he gets in there. What prompts him to head to the bathroom is uh, he finds the cashier dead, as well yeah. as somebody in the garage, uh, the person who was getting the ground to pound, yeah. who was face down dead in the garage. And the cashier's jaw has been yeah. put in a position again that he'd probably not like to have it in. I forgot uh, about that. So he grabs a crowbar, and he's like, okay, <laughs> it's time to head to the toilet. Um, and he gets there just in time because uh, she and My- Michael are having a scrap. She's doing the thing where you're crawling between stalls. And it needs to be said, like, I don't know if he's, like, lost a step because he's getting old or something, but he's he's, like, he hasn't quite found his rhythm yet. No, he hasn't found his rhythm <laughs> yet. Yeah, it, like he's, he needs to limber up, you know. Uh, so he's got her by the ankles, and she's flipping the fuck out. And then uh, the gentleman comes in, and they just kind of like <laughs> stare each other down. And damn, Michael's got a chin. Like He, he takes a crowbar to the face. Yeah, I mean, that's... He, he no-sells it. Like He's just like, nope, 
<laughs> not taking that. <laughs> I've seen dudes that like take a crowbar to Tank Abbott. That dude's not. He's gonna knock the shit out of you. Tank like, Abbott versus Michael Myers. Make it happen. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> it seems like it wouldn't be that believable. But I'm like, if you take a crowbar to Tank Abbott's head, as a grown man, you're about to die because <laughs> it's not gonna phase him. And if you survive, you're gonna need a dentist, uh, someone to basically reset your jaw. Uh, if you survive that, so I can, that it's it's a nice touch to where Michael Myers is not inhuman. He's just hard to knock down. Oh yeah, no, it, I mean it's not. I mean it is kind of beyond the realm of possibility, but, but it is it gives you an idea of what we're dealing with. Where it's like, yep, that didn't work. Uh, so Michael goes to town on this guy, and I actually really like the choreography of the scene because it's very sloppy. It's very naturalistic. Um, yeah. doesn't f- doesn't feel choreographed. It just feels like man trying to kill people, um, and so his weapon of choice in this case is just grab by the collar and put forehead into wall <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah, and uh, I'm guessing he fractures this gentleman's skull. Uh, the British he's guy. Concussed. He's concussed. He, he, yes. He's a little shook up. Uh, he collapses in a heap in the corner, and uh, he's not dead yet. He's somewhat conscious. I mean, his, well, maybe, <laughs> but his Somewhere. face is still moving and his eyes are open. I don't know if he can see. Um, but then Michael turns his attention back to the British lady and he just picks her up both hands around the throat, like literally holds her up off the ground a few inches and just chokes her to death. And yeah. I was like, that is a very utilitarian kill. Uh, points for that because it's just getting the job done. It's not yeah. like taking pleasure in it. It's just like, stop moving <laughs> just like just shut he up he doesn't have an die. mo it's just die that's yeah that's it's his... just like however i can kill you i'm gonna do it yeah uh, quick and uh actually i was kind of surprised because i i was taking notes i may have missed something because i remember seeing her get zipped up in a body get bag but i don't remember the british guy so for for about 20 minutes after this i was like is he gonna come back but oh, I'm pretty no, sure no, no, no. I'm pretty sure he's dead. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's quite dead. Um, so immediately following their deaths, uh, we get a shot of Michael headed out to their car, and he puts on his mask. Um, so he is in full-on Michael Myers mode now. It's Halloween, and he is in full Michael Myers mode. Yeah, and uh, Laurie catches wind of what's going on uh, via an early morning news report. Yeah. Uh, some people died at a gas station she's like well fuck (laughs) 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 um and then we get the first reveal of her bat cave uh she has a kitchen island that has a remote control that just like it's on a swivel like a a motorized swivel and her eye the island like rotates and there's a staircase it's like a little bat yeah she has a bat cave it's pretty fucking cool it's full of guns so uh, Judy Greer is getting back from the grocery store, and uh, her door, her front door is a little, or she goes inside, and the back door is open. Now, if you've seen any Halloween movie, uh, this is a problem. Uh, this usually means that Michael Myers is about to slit your throat. Um, but <laughs> Judy Greer comes in, and uh, I believe her uh, husband Toby Huss comes into the back door. She calls, like she calls his name and calls her daughter. Allison, Toby Huss, no, no the, answer. The whiz. And then he just he just busts in real quick. He was doing yard work outside, 
and uh, all of a sudden, Jamie Lee Curtis from around the corner, boom, you're dead. <laughs> it, was, it was so juvenile. Like, it was like something a child would do. It was so funny. She's uh, like, gotcha, you're dead. Gotcha, <laughs> you're dead. Uh, so, yeah, she's walking around their house with a loaded gun. Uh, she's gone full crazy on them. So. Yeah, she's there to warn them. She's yeah. like, hey, you know that thing that I've been telling you is going to happen for like the past 40 years? Uh, it happened. Uh, so why why don't you have a gun? <laughs> like I got mine. Where's yours? And um, Toby Huss it, is trying to be very like he's uh, he's very, very very good in this moment. He's like I need you to like you can't have a gun in my house. Like he's trying to like deescalate the situation. She's not gonna let him have the fucking gun. Yeah, <laughs> this was this was actually where I decided he was gonna die. Is because uh, he, uh, he starts saying some stuff. I feel like almost every line of dialogue he has in this movie is like. The audio levels are dropped where it's just like you either hear it or you don't. It's just he was just riffing on the set and they just Probably. let him do whatever the fuck he wanted because he's such a minor character to begin with. But he he makes some mention of like, I can protect my family. And it's like, uh, not in this movie. <laughs> it's like, no, there is a protector in the room and it ain't you, buddy. Uh, so as soon as he started, like, pull the dad card, I was like, nah, you're, you're dead. No. <laughs> um. Then I believe we get to the crime scene. So Lori goes from her daughter's house, from Judy Greer's house, to uh, the gas station. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's cordoned off because the police are doing their investigation. And Will Patton and Cowboy Hat Guy are are there. And Will Patton and her exchange a look from across the police line. And they don't say anything to each other, but you can tell that when he sees her, he's like... We gotta like try harder. <laughs> um, and then, really strange transition. We cut to Halloween night. Yeah, I like, actually appreciated that because we. Could I have did been doing too. Some dicking around. I know. I was like, I. It was jarring, but at the same time, I was like, sure, let's get right to it. <laughs> like, How long was this movie? Uh, I met that might have been why it kept my attention because this might be a tight hour forty-five. One hundred and six minutes. Yeah, that's damn, pretty that's, damn close. That's pretty thin by today's standards. I, I mean, like that's, that. That's I know, but that's why. Maybe that's what it is. Like, we're able to actually enjoy some of the, some of these. Like Venom. Like, like Venom wasn't that great. I'm like, Venom was under two hours long. <laughs> that's that's the best compliment you can give them. <laughs> it didn't waste a lot of my time. No, <laughs> it kept um, my attention for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, no, it needs to be said. 90-minute movies need to make a comeback. I really like where we get... Um, now, uh, this was something that happened at the beginning of the Halloween, the the first Halloween movie, was we get Michael Vision, where he puts on his, his mask, and you see him go to the kitchen and grab the knife. And I can't remember if we do it at any other point. I don't think we do in that movie, uh, where we get Michael Vision. We only see the back of his feet sometimes mm-hmm. in the original. Um, yeah. But we, Michael is getting the night going, and we we get to him looking for a hammer. Uh, yeah. Um. So when I saw the trailers for this movie, I I tend to do this. I'm sorry, but I uh, I see trailers and I I try to like piece together a version of the movie that I would like to see in my mind. And what I was picturing was the majority of his rampage being done in like either one either one take. Or simulated one take, because the way the trailer was pieced together, I got the sense that that was. And they did do like a, a legit like three to five minute long long take in this, like a master shot. 
It's really good. It's it's a very good tracking shot, but that's it. I was picturing like a situation where it's like we get to see him like just go go ham across the neighborhood. This is exactly the shot when he does his first kill in the first movie because he sees the girl uh, his sister's uh, boyfriend come in and he watches him leave and then he this is the whole tr- that whole shot where he goes back into the house it, it is and it isn't because in that first movie the opener with him killing his sister is done entirely from perspective yeah um, very controversial part of that movie actually because it's it is unsettling to be yeah. put entirely in the, the the eyes of the killer but that it all pays off really well in that first movie because we get to see the reveal um, when we finally cut away from his vision. It's him standing in front of the house and they take the mask off him. It's like, oh, fuck, that's a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he doesn't look guilty. Um, but yeah, in this one, uh, we get introduced to Michael on the streets of Halloween. There's some kids running around. They like literally bump into him. And the one's about to drop an F-bomb. <laughs> and uh reconsiders when they see who's standing in front of them and then yeah uh michael's like i need a weapon <laughs> and he just kind of turns his attention to a shed behind someone's house uh, some really cool uh lighting here uh cylinder lighting like and then he he walks in he grabs a hammer and as soon as he retrieves the hammer and walks towards the house i think is where the uh the one take starts yeah. Uh, so when he has the hammer, it's a long tracking shot. Uh, like I said, it's about three to five minutes as far as I remember. Uh, he just wanders into some old lady's house. She's in the kitchen. Uh, he smashes her. Yeah. Smashy, smashy, off-screen kill. Uh, sound effects are not the best. Uh, this movie has great sound, but not that sequence. Um, and then when he's in the kitchen, he's like, Hey, she was like cutting vegetables. I may as well grab this knife. <laughs> like I was bored of that hammer anyway. <laughs> uh, so he he picks up the knife. Uh, camera follows him, and this whole time it feels almost like a video game because the camera is like tracking behind him at like a similar third person angle as you would use in like a like a modern third person action game or something. Um, <clears throat> he heads back out in the street, and I really love the way they use the music, where it's like the rhythm of of when the halloween that iconic halloween theme like kicks into gear uh, matches the pace of his his actions here so he heads back out in the street some people almost figure him out like it's a the slutty nurse and, and yeah. her doctor husband or whatever and she is looking at him and she's a little distressed but her her guy shows up with the car keys just in time that she forgets about and they drive off um really cool rack focus here where uh, he does his head whip thing and the the focus like zeroes in on what he's looking at in time with his head movement um and then we get i know you like reflections yeah there's that shot there's that shot where he's peering in the window mm-hmm. and then uh i like that he goes in he goes in through the back door right yeah he goes in the back door this lady's on the phone uh and you're like you know what's coming and you're just like waiting for it, waiting for it uh, and finally she's getting ready to go shut the blinds. It's kind of cool because she's going up to shut the blinds as he's coming in behind her, and then, yeah, she's dead. Oh, yeah. Um, he stabs her through the back of the throat. Yeah, I really this whole this whole sequence was just really good. I, it's I, I excellent, really but it. I, I mean, this was actually... What's kind of amazing about this movie is that it's, uh, the budget here says 10 to 15 million. 
uh, it does not look it. It looks no. far more expensive and polished. Um, I I really love the concept of the sequence. I just wish there was a bit more of it because we got two kills out of that. Yeah, I would have I would have liked to have spent some more time with Michael, especially since he his uh, relevance to the story starts like not to the story, but like his his screen time starts to dwindle as we get further and further in. Yeah, it's like this is kind of like his shining moment in in terms of on screen action. Well, we have to do something a little different. You can't uh, you can't do what the first movie did and just have it all be him and Lori. You have to add in a few twists and turns here and there, which there are some twists and turns coming up. Some that I'm not too fond of, but yeah, we'll get it there. was it was you know what I I kind of with the ending of uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, throwing in a twist that is like whoa what like just, <laughs> just completely I was, did not see that coming. I'm fine with a twist like that in a movie that's supposed to be ridiculous. Like like the the ending of that movie, I'm like it was a good movie, and then it had a crazy ending. I'm fine with that. I was okay with the twist in this, and it it kind of makes it kind of helps add to the story. But we'll, we'll get there. Um, we'll this get is going to be a long podcast. Uh, but, yeah, but sorry, this was, a, this was a this was a fun movie. I had a lot of fun watching. This no, one. I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I'm having a lot of fun talking about it. Yeah, but I, um, that's so we, the other thing is this is like we've talked about movies. Like I can't remember a thing about this movie. I watched this movie one time with my notes, and it's all like right. I can still see it right there. It's a pretty streamlined movie. There's not a lot of fat to it. Um, it the tone does get a bit confused at sometimes because it has that fucking super bad humor every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you need to remember this is made with young people in mind. Oh, can we get to the the school party? Is that our next? Yeah, step? actually, we cut this. The next note I have here is cut to the Halloween dance. This is a Halloween the most dance. Irresponsible <laughs> thing I've ever seen. One, no, <laughs> schools do not have a Halloween dance. Not, I was about to I'm say. I'm not allowing that. No, like, fuck no. That's so Halloween, dangerous. Halloween is a time where you can wear wear things that you wouldn't normally wear. That's that's what it is. You don't get to wear it all the time, and that can mean different things for different people. Uh, I nerd out a little bit more with my Halloween costumes. I try to get creative. I went as Happy Gilmore one. Funny, I went as Happy Gilmore one year just using my friend's wardrobe because he's, oh. a, he's a Bruins fan <laughs> <laughs> and he works construction. So Very it's nice. Actually pretty easy, but yeah. This is nuts. They are having a full-on high school rave. Not an adult in sight. No, no adult in sight. I'm like, this is now. This party's happening. It's not happening at a school, but this party's <laughs> happening somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. I mean, teenagers are gonna teenage, but uh, they are chasing ecstasy with whiskey. I mean, this is downright dangerous. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, so like I don't know about like what the standards are these days, but some of these costumes at my school you'd get a talking to. <laughs> like yeah. we had the thing like, oh, like, if the teacher goes up and then she puts her hand above your knee, you she yeah, has to have a hand I mean, length. Tiger Lady? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the 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 dude that her boyfriend is making out with. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, Tiger Girl. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, Tiger Girl. Shit. No. Yeah. No. I, not if I were him, not in 2005. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. If I were on ecstasy and drinking and that girl was making out with me, I wouldn't even be apologizing to my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm not even sorry. It's like, it's like Allison. I, I, yeah, Allison, I don't think you understand. You should be proud of me. I just, got a, I just got some of the Tiger Girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're just an irresponsible. There's children doing drugs and drinking. I mean, 
I'm okay with kids drinking and smoking pot, but once you start mixing in pills and powder and shit like that, that's not good. But uh, I, I had a joke uh, I wrote down at the front. I'm like, this movie uh, does the opposite of um, what horror movies did, uh, which was like the good girl makes it. Like in that first Halloween movie, uh, Lori doesn't have sex. She doesn't drink or do drugs, and she's the one that comes out uh, as opposed to her friends who all die. Um, in this movie, they promote sex and drug use because the boyfriend is drinking and taking ecstasy, uh, and he's making out with this other girl. He doesn't get it. Um, there's a couple of her friends that are about to have sex. They don't even get to have sex. They get to dry hump for about two minutes, and then they both end up dying. So I'm yeah. like, this movie actually promotes having sex and doing drugs. Yeah, we need, the- we need more more men like him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you do. Michael's like got you cornered. Just pop some pills, and he'll just be like, "Well, I mean, this <laughs> is like I lost interest. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like this kid's too fucked up to be scared of me." <laughs> so she she uh, she catches her like she she figures out her boyfriend's on drugs, and he kisses the tiger girl, and uh, they have a fight. Uh, I don't know what the fight is about. It doesn't matter because they're in high school. Um, but he the 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 coming through to the other side of this. Um, they have a fight. the The watermelon head kid, he sees it. Uh, the girls, uh, the girls' phone. He takes the girls' phone, uh, Allison's phone, and puts it in pudding. I think and destroys yeah. it. He he put it in the pudding. Um, yeah. Um. And then they just kind of like, he does a, like a what now? And she's like, I don't know. I guess I'm leaving. And yeah. he's like, Fine. I'm gonna go make out with Tiger Girl. <laughs> yeah. Keep that up, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's got he got her on deck. He's happy. Um, so, uh, most important thing that came out of that is her phone is now in the pudding. Yes, and she she leaves with Angus, uh, watermelon head, as you call him. I call him Angus. Um, so before this exchange, though, she was uh, on the phone with her friend, the blonde girl from the sidewalk conversation earlier in the film, uh, who. It was really, it was kind of disarming actually, because uh, they did a clever thing, and this was all in the writing and the performances. It was uh, you would think that her shithead friends, her shithead stoner friends, uh, would be you know typical slasher movie victims, where it's like yeah. you, you and I both correctly point out that oh yeah they're dead, yeah, <laughs> which is true, <laughs> but at the same time they're uh, not so much him, but the girl, the blonde girl, was very likable. Yeah, um, she is being a babysitter instead of being at the Halloween dance, so she's being responsible. Um, and she has this little boy, and their exchanges are so fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> like, I liked her chemi- the chemistry. Was, the kid. Their, was their chemistry was great. Like, I, I was legit laughing. Like, they they had a fun relationship. And it needs to be said, the lighting and the the production design in this house where she's taking care of the boy is. Bloomhouse the fuck out. <laughs> like, this, this whole sequence is really I I enjoyed this whole. Part. Um, so she she's uh putting the boy to bed and he's he's a little bit scared because he thinks something's in the closet. Um, while he's supposed to be asleep, she's getting her boyfriend to come over and they're gonna smoke pot together. The boy's aware Other of this, stuff. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the the boyfriend who is the guy that blew up the pumpkin earlier, dead meat. I thought he was uh, a different kid. I thought that was a different guy. I didn't realize it was the same. No, kid. It, it's the same too from the 
earlier okay. portion of the film. But I knew uh, it was the girl. I didn't. I didn't know it was the same guy. But yeah, he shows up dressed as a farmer. Um, he got himself a tattoo that we don't see at this point. No. Um, but he's like he is ready to fuck. Yeah. Um, we don't quite get there, unfortunately. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the two of them again, like the chemistry between him and her is like she's like kind of like a perfect little punk rock girlfriend <laughs> like they, yeah. they have like a, a goofy dynamic here that kind of works um they're the, jump. they're the they're the type of couple that i knew in high school that i know are married right now and have kids yeah they, and, they they're, and they're and like they're like couple. actually happy though like yeah like like they don't hate each other <laughs> or whatever i knew one couple like this and they're still like that yeah, no, it, I was kind of disarmed by that. Whereas, yeah, I'm so used to watching these trashy slasher movies where it's like you hate everybody and you want to see them die. But these ones, I was like, oh, you know, they're kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate. Um, so we get a jump scare uh, where the boy. Like, I'm sure this kid was psyched to do every take of this scene because he like jumps into the stairwell and he's like, "Ooga booga! <laughs> it's the boogeyman!" <laughs> Do you remember that first Halloween with Rob, I'm sorry, the Rob Zombie remake, mm. where uh, the girl playing Judith Myers, who is very attractive, is dating that disgusting little shit with the long hair? Mm, if you don't, no. if you don't remember, just look up, look up those two. It is baffling because it makes <laughs> no sense. Rob Zombie, that's the dumbest casting I've ever seen. It's really <laughs> gross, but this was good casting. These two match up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the boy jumps in the stairwell, and he's yelling about the boogeyman. And uh, he is asking for the girl, the blonde girl, uh, to come investigate. And it's, it's really cute here, actually, because he's, like, asking for the guy, actually. He's like, get like get David up here. And, like, you actually see the guy, like, kind of, like, sheepishly look away, like, uh, maybe not me. <laughs> but the, the girl, she volunteers to go upstairs with him. And apparently, you know, she's used to doing this, being a babysitter and all. And uh, she goes up, and she uh, she's going to investigate. And she goes in there, and she starts, like, having, like, an, oh, God, no, like, get out of here. Like, good acting here, where it's, yeah. like, it sounds like she's legit talking to someone. But uh, she jumps out from behind the doorway and says, blah, because uh, she was just playing. She's playing with the boy. Uh, meanwhile, stoned boyfriend, and it's important to note, he is stoned. Uh, <laughs> he is checking out the shed. And he just helps himself to a fucking motorcycle? Yeah. I mean, who the I remember being young and just not really thinking like, dude, you can't do that. Don't be messing with people's shit like that. But It's a motorcycle. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. really. He, I mean, blowing up a pumpkin in the beginning of the movie, you're dead. Yeah. Like starting up somebody's mo- somebody else's motorcycle at, at somebody's house who whom you were babysitting for, fuck, you are super dead. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, his lady is having a tussle with Michael Myers, who yeah. was uh, another trailer moment. Uh, he was, in fact, in the closet, and they kind of spoiled it with the trailer. Actually. I know. I was just thinking that. I'm like, because it's a really, it was a really cool idea. Because if you had not shown that in the trailer, that would have been like a legit, like, oh, fuck, he's actually in there. Yeah. She's trying to shut the closet door, and it won't quite go. And so she opens it, and it's, he's just like, hey. 
He's just standing there. He runs out of there and does not look back. <laughs> I'm proud of him. That was a good yeah, move. Buddy. He actually tells the guy on his way out the house, yeah. like, <laughs> you, go, you, go, you go upstairs, you're going to die. <laughs> it was pretty bit. fucking great because he straight up tells him, like, if yeah. you go up there, you are going to die. You are dead. D-E-D, dead. Um, uh, I, I didn't like her kill. Uh, no, that's just my opinion. Done. They could have done it a little well, bit better. Well, the f- they they lost some points right away with some CGI blood, because uh, mm. when when she opens the door, he's just like standing there like a statue, and then he just like takes a swipe at her, like a downward swipe, and he catches her like on the inside of the forearm or the wrist, and the blood spray is done digitally. I I can tell it's cheap, <laughs> <laughs> and she like fumbles around and she's laying down. She's like got her she's like holding onto the banister or something on the stairwell and he does this man he like does he have like an ankle fetish or something because he, he grabs a lot of gals by the ankles in this movie um now that now they think of it like three different gals get grabbed by the ankles in this movie uh i that movie the uh the visit m night Shyamalan made uh i think it's really good uh but mm. what he does is he creates uh suspense by kind of playing towards for me uh, childhood fears uh there's one sequence where um the lady is in the room and it's dark and her hand is coming up from underneath the bed on top of the bed and it's like oh fuck that was one of the scariest things i think that um whenever you're trying running or trying to get away something grabbing your ankle is probably like the scariest thing that could happen to you so maybe they're just trying to play to you that need to remember too like i always forget this these slasher movies are made for teenagers yeah made for young people i'm not a young man anymore yeah that doesn't um, scare me <laughs> yeah no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> but you're right this was a this would have been a good time like you could have like amped up the gore a little bit here like gotten a really good like maybe he does slasher but like maybe across the belly spilling her intestines or something like that um <laughs> blink, but just like, like not even like spilling it out but get like that like maybe he's like dragging her shirt gets ripped a little bit and you just get that slash across the stomach where you're like oh that's a oh shit slash well that's not staying in i mean i think what they're trying to do with the style of violence at least i thought until we get a a head smash later in this movie that's pretty tasty um yeah what i thought they were trying to do was um pay homage to the original because the original movie's not gory no it's not at all um it's not very bloody even um so her her death uh is delivered entirely off screen yeah. He's got her by the ankles. The boy runs up halfway up the stairs. He's 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 worried about her, but he's not worried enough that he's going to try to like physically help her. No, no, no. <laughs> he no, will no. witness her death, but he won't he won't intervene. Yeah, that's what you want to do is go ahead and get a look at the person you just let die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to that help you out. You. That's going to help you out a decade from now. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh, we I think the way the shot is conducted is a uh, it's a close-up of Michael's face and him doing the downward thrust action, and we just get sound to tip us off that she did. Um, that, it actually that reminded me. It reminded me a bit of a. Cape I don't Fear. think you've seen this. No, um, New Nightmare. No, I. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. You know, it has a bad reputation, but I happen to really like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe because it was the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie I ever saw. I've, um, I have heard that there are sequences in there that are, like, really terrifying, like, actually scary. Not but, necessarily terrifying, just more creative. Um, but the movie as a whole is awful. I, I disagree. Okay. I think I think it's enjoyable. That's um, just what I've heard. But the, uh, there's, a, there's a, I think, like, actually the first, well, not first, but one of the, one of the more impactful deaths in the movie 
in New Nightmare is a uh, paying tribute to the girl on the ceiling death in the very first Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, the girl on the ceiling was Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, yeah the girl on the ceiling. That's he's, right. He's the guy in the bed. <laughs> he's the, he's the guy in the, the bed. Ceiling. There's a girl on the ceiling. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> um, but the way they do it in New Nightmare is particularly effective because uh, there's a child in the room bearing witness to the entire spectacle, mm. and the two characters have developed an emotional attachment to one another that is pretty effective. And I, I was kind of expecting that in this case because, I, like I said, I was kind of charmed by both of these characters and their dynamic so i was like expecting like some big spectacle where it's like the the boys like in anguish or like paralyzed in fear and like the girls like you keep thinking the girl's gonna get away but then she doesn't and it's like oh fuck that's mean that's just mean man <laughs> but uh but no it's an on-screen death it's very tame and then i believe the scene actually concludes with the boyfriend. Uh, like I said, the the boy runs past him, tells him, "You go upstairs. You're dead." Yeah. Um, boyfriend stoned, by the way, stoned. Yeah. Grabbing, he grabs a knife and he decides to, I guess, confront Michael. Yeah. Good, pl- good plan, buddy. Um, and then we cut away, and Will Patton arrives on the scene, like literally on the scene, like the same location. Um, um, yeah, we get um, we get. Uh, a nod to the OG here, uh, another one. This one was effective. Um, I'll I'll allow it. Um, Will Patton uh, goes into the house and uh, he makes his way through and he goes upstairs. And this is always scary, but it was especially scary here, uh, where uh, there's somebody sitting in a chair. And uh, if you remember from the original movie. Um, there was a gag that one of the boyfriends used with a sheet trying to be a ghost with the glasses and uh michael uh comes back after he kills that boyfriend and uh he tricks he basically tricks her but yeah uh you're sitting there and he thinks it's michael will Patton thinks it's michael and he's really hesitant to go (laughs) (laughs) off of this and uh who who's under the sheet uh Uh, the blonde girl the girl is okay yeah because the boy um the other nod to the og is the boy is uh stabbed up through the wall um, yeah um stabbed with a kitchen knife uh suspended above the ground like impaled against the wall although in this case he is facing he is facing the wall so it, little this little so he's facing the opposite direction than the original and uh this is also when we see the tattoo he got which is the which is the date halloween 2018 this kid's also like forty or fifty pounds less than the boyfriend in the original. Like this, the the guy in this movie is a child. Like he's a kid. Like he's, yeah. he's smaller. The guy in the original was like a thirty-five year old man. <laughs> yeah, Michael was probably like, oh shit, that was easy. <laughs> you know, with with the girl's death, there could have been an opportunity to like dis like actually display like michael's strength like you could have like seen him like you said you just see him slash but you could have seen him gone like full just crazy on her one thing i i don't know that we've ever seen in a halloween movie that i can recall anyway is a michael killing more than one person at a time um i can't recall an instance where he had a victim who was not isolated no they're always isolated and it's always really easy like he never he's never the only time i've ever seen him struggle was like you said in uh the bathroom scene at the beginning of this movie 
He's never had to struggle with a victim. It's see, always just been. See, that would have been kind of cool, actually. Like right. he's, I would have liked to have seen that. Like he's busy with one, but it's like, oh shit, there's someone else. What do I do here? Like, yeah. it would have been interesting to see how that would be choreographed. Like, how how would you keep this like just emotionless killing machine handling two problems at the same time? Because like there is some decision making that needs to happen there. Yeah. It's like would would he expedite the killing of the one, or would he be like, you stay put, I'll be back. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So. Uh, I, the ghost sheet thing was kind of funny because uh, there, there are there's some funny instances of this in even the original film, like I said, with the tombstone, where this this weird theatricality thing that's going on here with the supposed killing machine character, uh, because that ghost sheet he had to cut the holes in that sheet, yeah. <laughs> so he had a, he had like an arts and crafts minute here at the house. Well, he's been in a sane asylum. I think all he's been doing is arts and crafts. <laughs> and reading like auto auto mechanic manuals or something <laughs> like yeah um so i think will Patton actually catches sight of michael here and laurie yes. arrives on the scene and this is kind of a funky sequence uh so both laurie and will Patton, sheriff will Patton, or take like take some shots at michael and uh I think Lori sees him when he's in the house and she shoots a mirror thinking yeah. it's him. I knew it was a mirror. I'm like, Lori, it's a mirror. It's a mirror. <laughs> Three times watching, like, it's a mirror. It's not him. It's a mirror. Yeah. And Will Patton just straight up misses. But uh, if I remember right, Lori actually like clips him. Like she yeah. actually shoots him at distance, but she's, she's an old lady. She's not going to give chase. No, um, she's <laughs> getting up there. Um, and she and Will Patton like bump into each other physically, and she almost shoots him. By the way, <laughs> yeah. They and at this point, it's confirmed that they know each other somehow, because they know each other on a first name basis. Um. So, we get a little bit of a jump forward in time, like probably like I don't know an hour maybe, uh, and now we have a crime scene at at the the boys' house where the two babysitters were killed. And uh, now Dr. Satan is awake, and he's been brought to the scene. Yeah, this um, is where we get the, uh, oh, you're the new Loomis yes. uh, line, which was really stupid. Yeah. That's probably my my biggest, my thing I hated the most was that line was, you're well, the new Loomis. Well, for, you know, the people that maybe aren't as attached to the franchise or, like, you know, folks that need to be, <laughs> this movie's for me. <laughs> um, it, it's just like... Uh, shorthand to like make sure everybody's on the same page that yes this guy is is standing in for a character who's infinitely more interesting and well acted because donald pleasance was fucking amazing in that first halloween Uh, more importantly he was essentially the main character of that first movie well because uh, laurie was just a survivor like she got a lot of screen time but in terms of character she's just kind of there no, I mean she's. Whereas the, he's he's the guy delivering all the exposition. He's the only guy that knows what's going on and what the danger is. They split it. I'd say that Laurie is still the main character. I'd say sixty forty towards Laurie, but Loomis okay. is very much a part of that movie. Yes, he's the one tracking him down, looking for him, uh, exposition and everything. Uh, but this is where we find out where Doctor Satan is just kind of a Michael Myers fanboy. Oh, he pops such a stiff boner when he sees Laurie. 
Which I thought was kind of like that. I didn't really like that either because he was like, "Oh my God, you're Lori." Is the Lori moment Strode? he the moment he did that, I was like, "You can't trust him." Like, <laughs> like it was. Well, it makes more sense as the movie progresses, but at the time, I was like, "That's fucking weird." Like that, I thought it was kind of a dumb touch. I'm like, "Is it that big of a deal, dude? Really?" Well, uh, I mean, he does say that he's been following his case like for decades. I mean, it's not as it's not as obvious as Alien Covenant, where David just no, go <laughs> with me, Billy Crudup. Yeah, you know, take a look at this uh, this uh, alien cabbage. Yeah, it's a new breed of cabbage. I I made it in my basement. I just stick, just, that movie just put just your head right over it. It's like an instant pot, you know. When when you're venting the hot steam, you want to make sure your face is right over it. It's perfectly safe. I, I swear. Still, I still really love the ending to that movie. The movie itself is meh. But I well, like the ending. Uh, we'll you know, if if day. if they follow it up, if we get if we get a crash landing ship full of aliens, that would be pretty fucking cool. I've been saying this for for years, man. They just need to fucking make the Aliens vs Predator arcade game where just a ship crashes in the middle of a population center. Aliens yeah. in the middle of L.A. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, that would it's be just fun. like. It's just like, oh, oh, or the ship like actually docks because you know he's he's still on the ship, so yeah. he can like navigate it, and it just docks, and they're like, oh, there's a whole bunch of organisms on there. It's like, oh, do, 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 do. let's open the doors, aliens. <laughs> let's see what happens. Yeah, <sighs> Fassbender, he needs to kung fu fight some aliens because he kung fu fought himself in that movie. But no, I need to see him I hitting. God, that's aliens. why. That's why is that fucking flute. I forget about that flute. He, that's that's what does it. He he helped uh, him adjust the fingering on the shaft. A, the thread with the, the thread <laughs> of that is really good. Like they had such a good idea. The flute is stupid, but yeah, like I said, the ending is great. But anyway, let's well, get back from to a that. special effects standpoint, it was kind of cool seeing two people sitting opposite each other with a rotating camera. You know, it's pretty technical stuff. Um, very technical. Very technical. So now we get to, I think, probably one of my favorite sequences from the movie, uh, as far as awkwardness goes. Uh, this is where... Uh, <laughs> yeah, this was good. The, uh, this Halloween costume this kid's wearing, I could not help but think he looks like Scotty from Boogie Nights. <laughs> he actually goes he goes <laughs> full hair, Scotty. The hair, I mean... He goes full Scotty on her, too. Uh, so yeah. Oh, yes, he, he does. He's, uh, so this fat kid, this fat head, uh, he has been, like, kind of playing the best friend angle on both sides. He's, he's friends with her. He's friends with the boyfriend. Is he gay? Is he straight? We don't really know. We Doesn't don't matter. know. Yeah, Doesn't he's kind of ambiguous in that regard. Yeah. Um, and he's walking home with her, and, well, wouldn't you know it, they're not together anymore, so he decides to make a move. Big mistake. Not only is it not the right time, bro, but you are you look like Scotty from Boogie Nights right now. Like you could not be any more repulsive to to anybody. Yeah. Like, it's so gross. But yeah, yeah I'm like, Angus <laughs> shit. Yeah, I I got a good laugh out of that because he kisses her and she just gives him like a whoa, what the fuck? Whoa, no. And he, but he kind of comes on a little bit more too. Like after she pushes him away, she has to push him away a couple times. So uh, yeah, he's they, caught doing a, a fish impression, like uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they hop some kind of fence, and uh, I think he's got some beers with him. He he's pretty fucked up. I think he blames it on that, and. Uh, they hop over a fence, and uh, I think he falls down, and she keeps going. I think she gives him the finger or something. Like, yeah, hey. he, well, 
he took her to a graveyard to make out with her. Not cool. I'm sorry. She doesn't seem like the type. <laughs> and there, and there is a type. <laughs> but yeah, he he uh, he does confess that he's pretty fucked up, and his ramble his ramblings here are actually quite funny. Um, funny stuff. I'm not sure if it was improvised or written, but either way, it's legit funny. Um, yeah, it's she funny. she runs home basically. And uh, he's just sitting there with his... I think he still has a six-pack on him. Yeah. Um, and he sees a figure. That's Michael, by the way. Yeah. Um, standing in the fucking bushes, just staring at him. Which and he thinks it. He thinks it's the owner of the property. And he starts, like, saying, like, Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'll be out of here in a minute. Just, you know, I just... You know, I'm having a bad I night. Got, I'm having a bad night. I, I just got, like, verbally kicked in the balls. Give me a minute to collect myself. And... Uh, they have this gimmick here where the uh, motion sensor light turns on and off, and every time it turns off and then turns back on, Michael is in a different position. And because of the way he's positioned, the, the Angus can't quite make out that that is a masked man that's yeah. just fucking staring him down. <laughs> um, and then it gets to it builds to a certain point where it's like it's getting kind of legit creepy here. And uh, Michael takes a swing. I think he nips him pretty good. Yeah, I think he gets him. Yeah, and He's Angus going takes to get him. Well, yeah, no, it's inevitable at this point. Uh, uh, you can't miss that dome. I mean, <laughs> no, it's uh, Angus takes off running, and he's like trying to hop the fence, and it's one of those like a cemetery like spiked fences. We just spiked at the top, and he's hung up on there, and Michael comes up behind him and just stabs him through the back. And he's screaming, but he ca- he gets Allison's attention. She's like, "What are you screaming about?" Or whatever. Yeah. And he's being like legit like slaughtered <laughs> like a pig the the best part of this and i don't think it was actually i don't think the incident itself was uh on screen but uh when his body goes limp after he's stabbed through the back he his body drops and his chin gets impaled on the on the fence mm-hmm. it's pretty tasty again it seems like all the extreme violence in this film, for the most part, is after the fact. So we get to see that on screen, but we don't actually see the act of it happening. Um, so yeah, she sees that and she runs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think Will Patton and Dr. Satan... Uh, Will Patton and Dr. Satan have been driving around town trying to find her. Because uh, Lori has everybody on alert now. And she's like, I gotta get my girls under my roof right fucking now. <laughs> Will Patton, you're going to help. Um, I think at some point during all this, it was revealed that Will Patton was actually the man who was responsible for preventing Dr. Loomis from killing Michael during the original 1978 incident, uh, which is why Lori knows him. Uh, it's kind of a weird little detail. I'm not sure I needed that, but it's, nah. it's there. Um, and Lori brings the whole fan family to her house and it's at this point I, i'm guessing she'd been wearing it for quite a while but it's at this point that i noticed that judy greer is wearing a christmas sweater i didn't even notice that she's wearing a christmas sweater on halloween i don't know why that is but <laughs> but yeah um and we get this interesting little scene where Lori has uh judy greer her daughter and uh the whiz in the basement of her home and she's arming them like she's just like handing them guns yeah and judy greer again credit to her she's doing this thing with her face where you can tell that she's like just so deflated like like all like all the things she's been running away from have caught up to her and she just has no 
no fight left in her. She's just like, okay, mom, like whatever you say. <laughs> yeah, she's. Oh, I'm not sure if it's a real thing, but uh, I think I was I was watching How I Met Your Mother, and there's a thing on there like if you um, hang out with somebody uh, from your past, you you tend to uh, revert back to how you acted around them. So maybe that's her. Just like the the, the last time she was with her mom for this long she was kind of scared so maybe she's just kind of reverting back to that scared child like well you i mean i've seen it with my family where there's there's that dynamic that's existed for longer than you've been alive and it's really strange to see it in a, in people you think of as fully developed adults but it's yeah. like no you know everybody has a mom and a dad and they forever will be your mom and dad <laughs> um so at this point we hit michael with a car yeah, and, <laughs> and then this yeah. is where the movie takes a turn. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the yeah he he hits Michael, which you and I both know means that Michael's only going to come back with full force. Uh, he's nowhere near dead. Actually, it probably uh, helped him out a little bit. Um, but the doctor uh, then kills Will Patton. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is happening now? Do we have Allison at this point? Is Allison? We do. Allison, Allison is in the back seat. Will Patton is driving around. He just sees Michael casually wandering the neighborhood and says, "We're doing this," yeah. and he hits Michael with the car. Straight <laughs> I up. was like, "That is some good copping." <laughs> yeah, like, good Ill- job, policeman Will Patton. That's illegal. Um, <laughs> Maybe but, a little bit. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Doctor Satan. Uh, he goes to investigate the body, um, and while unbeknownst to Will Patton, he pulls out a surgical instrument of some sort, although it's like a switchblade surgical instrument. I don't, like that. I don't know what the fuck this is, but I it's wanna like see a, this guy's diploma. I don't it's think it's like he's a, a spring loaded scalpel, but like gold plated or something. <laughs> I don't know if he made it by hand or what, but anyway, he whips around and he stabs Will Patton in the chest and then Apparently slits his throat again off screen, but we get to see the aftermath. Uh, and Will Patton does not get up. He is dead. That is a ex-human. Um, yeah. And we get an ooga boogie scene where the doc, where Doctor Satan puts on Michael's mask. Yeah, um, that was not that was cool a little weird. Word. Yeah, again, very smelly. I don't know that I'd want to do that. But he's like mumbling to himself, and he's been the things coming out of his mouth ten minutes before this happened should have tipped off will patton that something was wrong because he he see he sees fit to remind will patton that do not harm him he is a ward of the state or something like that yeah. it's like uh people are dead <laughs> um but yeah he uh, he is talking about having wanted to get inside the mind of michael myers and obviously he hasn't been talking to anyone so there's no real way to do it so i guess this is his way of trying to do like a, a live examination of like yeah. a predator in the wild. Yeah. Um, um, which is highly unprofessional. And if you are a mental health specialist, uh, don't do this. It's, don't, it's not cool. Don't do it. And he, he puts Mike, Mike <laughs> in the, in the back seat with Allison. My, my, my notes say Mike too. You can't be writing down Michael. Cause is it, is it a E L or is it, I can't remember E A L. I don't know. Mike. It's, it's Mike. Mi- Mikhail. It's Mikhail Myers. Um, So this is where the movie, uh, this is where it starts to get a bit more fun. Uh, This is where it picks up a bit. And and I've enjoyed the movie so far, but... uh, Bon Me. Say again? Tell us about Bon Me, Kyle. 
<laughs> oh yes, <laughs> cop me, cop so. talk. <laughs> now we have like a Quentin Tarantino moment. Uh, yeah, we get some coffee you, talk, or a, or a Guy Ritchie moment. This cop is school, and this guy. I'm like, wow, this was actually informative. Uh, we learned about <laughs> the, the Bon Mi sandwiches and how it's actually a French Vietnamese fusion, uh, and it basically just means anything. Uh, it whatever you want to put on the baguette, and the guy's like, I bet you got peanut butter and jelly today, and I think that's what he has or whatever. Um, but it's kind of a fun little sequence. It was like my note even says, "What the fuck movie did I just walk in on?" <laughs> you're, yeah, you're because these guys are like parked. They're supposed to be in front of the the Strode compound, but the you're... lighting the lighting out front is like the the Evil Dead remake. It's the hell dimension where everything's bathed in red. Yeah, it's like okay, Lori, I guess that that's the lighting you decided to go with. Cool, um, it is pretty cool. But <laughs> um, uh, but Michael in the back seat starts to stir and uh there's interesting little thing going on here where allison is trying to talk her way out of the car by telling dr satan like hey uh michael told me something um i'll tell you what he said to me if you like pull over and dr satan dr satan actually kind of like buys into it meanwhile michael is waking up and he he kicks the 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 fence thing that separates the back seat from the front seat of a cop car he kicks it down and it it smashes into the back of dr satan's head and michael ignores allison completely and gets out of the vehicle pulls dr satan out onto this onto the curb and uh we get we get the dr satan death which is the most graphic death in the entire film uh good head explosion yeah A, a little too watery if you ask me but it's i mean it's an on-screen head explosion i'm happy with that a little more moist than i'm uh, accustomed i mean you need more chunks in there (laughs) so right before michael dismisses dr satan with a stomp to the face um, we get a nice moment here where dr satan actually is looking up at him and says say something he like pleads with him say something and anything um and it's a fitting end for this character who's been shown to be a shit heel of sorts. Um, the, the one thing that he wanted was to get inside the head of and maybe communicate with this this killer. Never got it. <laughs> yeah, he was denied that. Um, and so, it uh, needs to be said, uh, Allison escapes. Um, I did think it was kind of weird that he that Michael completely ignored her. Uh, did you see, so yes, Allison escapes and she begins running through the woods. Um, the most well-lit woods I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, yeah, no shit. And they did some, I mean, it comes up in a minute here, but there's some goofy shit in these woods. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. But um, So during all of this, uh, Michael is, uh, I believe beset upon by the the bon me cops <laughs> the mm-hmm. two cops who were posted to defend the strode compound we don't see what happens to them although we do in a minute um and a cop car pulls up in front of the strode house and the whiz goes out to greet them uh, i think he has a yo-yo at first but then he swaps it out for a gun good yeah, thinking this, this is where <laughs> i went full leo in uh in uh what's eating gilbert grape i go dad's dead just a little bit um he he marches out to the car and he's asking like did you find my daughter and uh he opens the door of the car and this is uh, pretty cool 
This took some hard. time. Took some fucking time. This took some time. This was like, arts and crafts time coming into play again. How did he get that head off? I don't know. <laughs> like it, it's such a clean rip, and I don't even I don't even know if he had a knife at this point. But yeah, uh, I believe it's a it's a flashlight. So he's a f- yeah. <laughs> he's pulled the dude's head off. Uh-huh. He's also uh, hauled out. Oh, maybe not even hauled out. So he's taken the dude's head off. So actually, this isn't that hard. So he's taken his head off, and he's stuck a flashlight into his throat so that his mouth illuminates. So his he made mouth a is... he made a mano lantern. Mano lantern, yeah. <laughs> he made a mano lantern. Out and of he put it in the lap of the other cop, who I forget exactly what he did to him, but he did. He had some fun with him too. He's dead. We'll just put it. He's we'll quite it. dead. They're both uh, dead. Yeah, and at this point, and uh, presumably he ate their sandwich. <laughs> It was neat. cool, but at the same time, kind of wish I had seen it. Um, it, it. I don't have a problem with seeing the aftermath of all these kills, but those guys, they're they're as expendable as, as any victim in this film could get. Those are the guys that need to get it bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Real bad. So the Wiz backs up, and then Michael just happens to pop out from somewhere behind him and i think it's just a, a steven seagalling like it's nothing savage he just he like has a, a wire or something he just grabs him from behind snaps pretty, his neck yeah, it's pretty pretty lame for a mike myers death it could have been better i mean yeah <laughs> it's it's next snap number three i guess one of which was off screen cheap and, cheap yeah come on, you gotta get some more creativity in there buddy um and then Lori and judy greer spring into action Mostly Lori. <laughs> yeah, Lori mostly Lori. Um, she tells Judy to head downstairs into the into the bat cave. The panic room, the, yeah. Yeah, the panic room. Um, and they shoot each other a look. It's a good mom and daughter moment where it's like they give each other like a high sign or something. It's like there's some something understood between the two of them that we're not aware of. And then we get another trailer moment. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis posts up against the inside of her door. Uh, like like I pointed out, she has like five locks on it, so it's not going to be easy to get open. Um, and this whole time I'm like, he might not want to be that close to the door, especially since it has glass openings in it. Right. Um, and yeah, just like we see in the trailer, uh, Michael pushes both his arms through the door, and he grabs her. and He, he is he, choking the fuck out of her. Yeah, um, she she looks fucking great after what he does to her. <laughs> like, like I don't know if like your skin toughens when you get older or something, but the way he's bashing her head against that door frame, like, she looks pretty good after the fact. <laughs> um, so the way she gets out of this, and actually, when I was watching the trailer for this movie, um, I was thinking to myself, like, how is she gonna get out of that? Because He's that is got a pretty good grip. If there was ever a definition for death grip, that's what it was. I right mean, her there. feet her feet are six inches off the ground, and he's got both hands on her face. Like yeah. he, he's got her. Like usually, that's it. That's that's the end of it. We saw what happened to the British lady earlier in the film. The the vital young British lady. Yeah, he, but the difference he, between that lady and uh, Laurie Strode is that uh, one of them is armed to the teeth. Uh, yeah, uh, and she. Uh, manages to prop up her shotgun at just the right angle uh, to the point that he <laughs> kind of foolishly puts his palm over the barrel. <laughs> that wasn't smart. And uh, long story short, Michael's down about three fingers. <laughs> uh, 
and he very wisely retreats. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, wounds. then we get a very long sequence um, wherein Lori is investigating the house, and she has a very good plan here, where pretty much every room in this very large house has a an automate like a mechanical shutter, like a mm-hmm. heavy metal shutter that is switch activated, and so she she clears each room basically. And closes the shutter behind her, so it's like that room's done. That room's was, done. The the lighting in here is really good. Uh, it's good haunted sequel. house lighting, yeah. Well, because she's got the brights on on the outside, so it it's, it feels as though it's being illuminated by the lights outside. Um, mm-hmm. There's no lights on inside. Um, she th- this I thought that this this end sequence was really good because this this whole this whole sequence right here, just going through the house, is about five or six minutes. It's, like. It's, it might be longer than that, actually. It's drawn out. Well, in, in like wrestling terms, <laughs> this is when you let the match breathe a little bit. Yeah. This is this is when you you let the audience build some anticipation. You don't yeah. you don't go nuts and do all the cool shit like beat after beat after beat. It's like you need to let let it breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we we get several minutes of screen time here where it's just an old lady investigating a house. Mm-hmm. No Michael, no noise. In fact, the silence in the scene was what made it work for me. Yeah. Again, very good sound design. Like lots of wood texture sounds, and like every time she closes one of those shutters, it's like you have a feeling something's gonna pop out because like that's a pretty good opportunity for him to like catch the door as it's like coming down and just like blah. Yeah. <laughs> Never comes to that, but the whole time you're thinking about it. Um, this is also where we get the stupid shit with the mannequins that I don't know why it's here. Um, it's so. We cut back to Allison in the most well lit woods in the world, and uh, yeah. she it like is collapses. The most well lit movie woods I've ever seen. I think no joke. Um, she like trips and she falls in a uh, Laurie's shooting range, and sh- we get some snap zooms of like mannequins that she yeah. shot up, and then Allison screams. It's like it's, it's like who the fuck would be scared of this at this point? <laughs> well, no, no, Trevor. This is this is uh, this is interesting because. Um, Michael Myers especially, and they use this in uh, Insidious 2. Uh, there's a very, very, very good sequence near the end of that movie where we have um, figures sitting, and we're looking for the one that's not, the one that's supposed to be moving, basically. And the way um, Michael Myers in the, that first movie is that he sometimes has shots where you see him in the distance. Like, you weren't looking for him, and he just appears. Like, oh, fuck, he's there. The mannequins are a good way to keep you guessing. Like, it's a yeah. good way to distract no, it, you. Mannequins and, are creepy. It's science. Um, it, and this is also at the height <laughs> of... The, when she's in the woods, this is right in the middle of when Lori's going through the house. So you throw that in. It's just an extra little bit. Not jump scare, but it's enough to keep you on your toes. Like, oh, fuck, that's not it, but it, it's still coming. I, it's I guess, but... building. At that point, the like the the geography of the sequence, there's no way he could be there. It doesn't so, matter. So you she still have that silhouette. She's scared. I get that, but we, the audience, can't possibly be scared because we know he's in the house with Lori. We know he is, but those silhouettes are still keeping us on our toes. We're like, I know it's not him, but like, fuck. Okay. Well, and it's I guess it's a good plant because uh, earlier in the movie we did she we did see her shooting mannequins, so they were telegraphed early. So they're they're explained. We know yeah. why they're there. We they're not they're just there. they're not they're just there to be creepy. They're there for a utilitarian purpose. Yeah. Um, and then when she's like readying up for Michael to show up, we also see that she has like 
them in storage boxes like pushed up against the walls inside yeah so they are a fixture in her home i just didn't like the placement of that scene where it's like are you seriously trying to unnerve me with mannequins in the woods like when there's a fucking crazed killer in the house 20 feet over there (laughs) it just felt like a distraction is all um anyway uh is investigating uh she goes through some closets which was a kind of a cool nod to the first movie because there's one of the most intense sequences in that film is her trapped in the closet with michael smashing the door down um and there's a lot of like gotcha moments where she keeps opening closets and it's like oh there's nothing there and then she opens one and ah the whiz he's stuffed in the closet (laughs) um and then uh nice surprise and this did involve the mannequins is that she keeps turning her attention back and forth between the closet and the mannequins behind her because they're human shaped and the literal the shape (laughs) is chasing her um and at one point we get this really clever shot where it's pretty much like a a thigh to top of the head shot of the whole room and somehow he just appears from behind one of the mannequins and it's not the one you were expecting too no because the one has blood stains on it from his bloody hand obviously but it's like the one that's off to the left and he just like stomps towards her and it's like oh okay (laughs) and they have a little scrap here and it's uh kind of a decent little scrap he he stabs her in the gut and she does some hand fighting here and kind of puts him on puts him on his heels a little bit because he is down about three fingers yeah. <laughs> and he did get shot a little earlier in the movie he's, he's he not got hit doing by a fucking car he got hit by a car he's not in the best of health he's also probably like in his 60s <laughs> and yeah. i don't know i don't know what sort of physical activities they let you do in the insane asylum <laughs> but um long story short they tussle she gets stabbed in the gut he tosses her off the roof and then we get another funny kind of funny nod to the first movie because he appears over the edge and we get the grass imprint of a body where she should have been it's like so she's stealing his moves now (laughs) (laughs) um then i think we get the final confrontation in the film and it takes place in the panic room yes um so this is where i'm like this is gonna be a mess so now we've got Granddaughter and daughter are reunited. Okay, so Judy Greer's down in the basement, and she's like, don't fucking come up for anything. She hears her daughter. She opens up the island panic door to let her daughter in, shuts it, and now Jamie Lee Curtis, I believe, uh, is upstairs, and she gets down to the panic room somehow. No. Um, What happens here is uh, Judy Greer and Allison, uh, so daughter and granddaughter uh they reunite and they're both in the basement together so Mm. under the the kitchen island uh they shut it uh and michael just kind of wanders in he he figures it out he's like i know where you are (laughs) and he straight up muscles the the hinge off so he like lifts the kitchen island and just turns it over and judy greer is like crying and freaking the fuck out and she has a she seemingly like She's very hesitant to do it, but she grabs a hunting rifle that has her initials on it. So yeah. apparently that was hers from when she was a child. Uh, she's in tears, and she's like pointing the rifle up the, the staircase that leads down into the, the basement. And uh, she cries out, like, I'm sorry, Mom, I can't do it. Yeah. 
and like a second later, Michael steps into the stairwell, like, "Oh well, <laughs> if that's if that's how it is, I may as well make my move." And then she does a a flip moment where she she just like her mother, gotcha. gotcha. Uh, she raises the rifle and perfectly steady hands caps him, and uh, <laughs> we get kind of a silly shot where it's. It's a Jamie Lee Curtis, like just like this slice of light on her face because she's standing in a, like a dark corridor, and she says, "Happy Halloween, Michael!" <laughs> and she runs out and she like starts beating the shit out of him with like a knife and a frying pan, and knocks him down into the into the basement. And uh, Judy Greer and granddaughter they they run up past him while he's collecting himself. He's the man has just been shot and beat to shit with a frying pan in quick succession he's yeah. probably a little frazzled um <laughs> they they escape and then uh judy greer pulls a lever and some bars some mechanical bars close on the the sole entry slash exit of of the basement and uh michael is trapped yeah and they exchange words with each other something along the lines of it's not a ca- it's not a cage it's a trap and i got <laughs> I got a little bit of a chuckle because the way Judy Greer pronounces the word trap is trap. <laughs> trap. Trap. It's a trap. <laughs> I don't know if she's from the Midwest, but I have a feeling she might be. I feel like she could be from Minnesota it's, pretty. It's a trap. <laughs> oh, am I imagining things? Doesn't um, Jamie Lee Curtis shoot at him from the basement at one point? She does. Earlier. Okay. Earlier. Yeah, she's shooting That's holes in the floor with a Winchester. That's what I was confused. Which is her was. rifle of choice when she's exploring the house. Kind of a weird choice. It's a very Odd long choice. rifle. Yeah. And she does have like a sawed off shotgun, but she leaves that in the basement, sure. Um, <laughs> Did, um, Judith, Judith Therese uh, Greer uh, Evans <laughs> was, is from uh, Detroit, Michigan. So she is up. She is from up it's, north. So. It's a trap. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh at that. Um, yeah. But. Um, also, uh, our third ankle grab happens right before they close the trap. Um, the granddaughter, Allison, she uh, grabs a kitchen knife, the iconic kitchen knife, and uh, stabs Michael, and he lets go. And uh, So they seal the trap, and then uh, I guess they had a bunch of gas mains just like set rigged to, to ignite. So the plan, I guess, was to trap him in the basement and then blow up the house. Yeah, because my note says um, Mike would not figure out how the— the, the island trap door would work and then i go why would you leave the panic room why would you leave the panic room like, oh it was um, supposed to be yeah headshot yeah it's a trap yeah it was a trap it's not a cage it's a trap it's a trap um yeah, i and then she sets I, him on fire yeah i had some strong objections to this actually yeah, um, you can't kill him by fire. He you obviously can't escaped. kill him by fire. I'm Trevor, sorry. They're setting up. There, there's two two ways they're setting up a sequel here. Um, one, yeah, there's no way he died in that fire. You and I both know that he survived that. I mean, they deliberately cut back to it, and the last shot we get of him on screen is him staring at them, dead-eyed, with the flames pouring into the basement. Mm-hmm. And he's unmoving. He's still standing on the staircase, like a few feet away from them through the bars. And then we get a shot of the basement, and there's no body. There's fire in the room, but I don't see a body, nor it's a skeleton. Um, it needs to be said, this is the most profitable slasher film in history. 
<laughs> There's no uh, way this stop it. this cost at most fifteen million dollars and apparently made two hundred and fifty four million dollars. Um, we are getting another one. <laughs> getting another one. <laughs> um, but I'm sorry, you as 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 cool as it is to see you know this like multi generational revenge tale, like seeing Laurie get like her revenge against Michael Myers and like having her daughter be, you know redeemed in some fashion like seeing all that was very cool but you can't you can't have this grand finale to the story arc and have it be by fire no because it's that's that's like to me that's the ultimate like uh let down in terms of bad guy death like mm-hmm. die hard 2 that plane that explodes yeah. yes it, yes it was cool seeing the 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 gasoline like light up the jet fuel like jump the flame and then then go into the gas tank and blow it up that was cool but that's the least satisfying way to kill your bad guy you need to have it especially in this case you need to have it be like personal in some regard Mm -hmm. and it's the ultimate deniability too if nobody's there to witness the death and it's via explosion or fire it's like he's coming back (laughs) (laughs) i mean mean, i hate to say it but like halloween h2o i thought did it pretty well that, that, Decap- that's deep depacketation but the problem is is that that wasn't him that was a security guard but that would have been such a good in- that that could have been a good ending to it was him. Well, and like, that and that entire confrontation up to that point was satisfying too because yeah. we get to see him and her like laurie strode and, and michael myers like exchanged knife like they have a knife fight yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fucking glorious and then yeah depacketation like that it doesn't get much more con- you cannot confirm a slasher death much better than that than decapitation yeah yeah um i agree and uh there's actually i think there was a second um a second way we could tell there's going to be more is the closing shot is the three of them kind of like sleeping on each other just laying there like wow it's all done and allison the granddaughter is holding the knife and that's the last thing we see well Uh, there's there's some funny nods to to what came before to the to the movies that we've for this film we're pretending did not happen Mm -hmm. um like the some of the the worst halloween films in the in the series involve this cult uh i think this thorn cult of some sort i forget exactly the name of it is that the third movie uh no uh that was completely unrelated um but i've seen the fourth and fifth one and that's what the the end of the fifth one is where that's the girl... that's what i was getting at was yeah. that the end of the fourth one is the intention was that the little girl was going to pick up where michael left off yeah like it's it's a curse of some sort and that was a really cool idea that they did not follow through on because the iconography of michael myers was too strong and you know producers were a little gun shy about it but the comp the the cult thing in this film uh, a lot of what dr satan was doing there's actually like a shadowy figure in I think the fifth film that does a lot of the things Dr. Satan was trying to do and then the end with Allison having the knife kind of is a nod to the fourth movie with with the little girl putting on the clown mask and starting up the killing again so they're showing respect I guess to what came before I don't know if they're going to do anything with it but at this point it's like I don't think you can continue this story anymore. Like Lori's Lori and Michael, I think are done. <laughs> like there's not yeah, much not, more you can do with that. I don't think you're going to get Jamie Lee Curtis for another movie. I just don't. I wouldn't I mean, want to see it to be honest, unless you had yeah. some super clever way of doing it. 
Unless you're going to amp up the gore. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, in, in slasher movie tradition, that's what you do for the that's sequel. That's the next step, yeah. You you dumb down the writing and amp up the gore. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think um, we both agree that this was this was pretty solid f- film. Yeah, like, I enjoyed it's, it. It's, it's well made. Um, and it's fairly well written, too. Like a lot of the dialogue exchanges are good. Um, the I kind of wish the the balance of the screen time, like devoted to certain characters, was a little was a little evened out. Because Laurie's actually not in that much of the movie, yeah. and the the marketing campaign for this movie made it feel like it was going to be her movie. Um, but there's too many shenanigans with Doctor Satan, and like we spend too much time with Doctor Satan and Will Patton. And we're kind of jumping around, and then we just kind of, like, the way we get to Lori literally would not have happened if if Dr. Satan hadn't driven him to her doorstep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, he, he makes a lot of allusions to the fact that, like, Lori and, like, Michael is hunting Lori. Like, he's back to finish the job or something. I don't think he is. No. I don't think he gives a shit. <laughs> I think you just drove him to her doorstep, and he's like, oh, well, there's some people in there. I should kill him, right? <laughs> Yeah, he's he's kind of like uh what's that uh oh god the not baldwin the baldwin from um predator 2 and uh uh oh adam adam baldwin yes yeah. like uh, what is he uh what's his name in uh, full metal jacket you walk oh. the walk but do you talk the talk <laughs> where he's just like He's just like a brain dead killer. I'm like, I think that's what Michael is. He's just like wherever you send him, he's just gonna keep shoot. Like he's see, just gonna I, shoot. See, I don't know. I don't know. Was that Animal Mother or was that Animal else? Mother? Yes, that's Animal um, Mother. Um, I don't know how you would write it exactly. I, 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 I really can't think of a, a good way to write it, but I do think it would be interesting to play on that. Where it's like Lori has this like massive emotional attachment. Like she's triggered by the by the existence of this guy, and then when 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 they're in the same room together, she she's just another thing to him. Yeah, like he does not give a shit because that to me, like I thought that was the point of erasing the continuity, because you know in the second Halloween movie that was when they established that she's like secretly his sister, mm-hmm. and so the the story arc after that point was always that he's trying to like kill off his entire bloodline or something. Or I think later just... on, later on, do naughty things to his bloodline. But um, by erasing all that, you you remove the familial connection, the blood connection, and then so, she just becomes another victim. What they could have done was actually killed her very early, even, and him just keep moving, like like actually, like not really early, but earlier than we would than what we expect, and be like, no, 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 he just doesn't care, like he's just gonna keep doing this. Again, I, I don't know exactly how you would write it, but I do think that would be interesting, where you have like this really heavy emotional moment on her end, mm-hmm. and then for him, it's just like whatever <laughs> like maybe have her like literally chasing him and like shooting at him, and he's just like the fuck she yelling about <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's in the middle of doing something else and he just does not have the time of day for her so yeah um michael myers is either um supernatural in this movie or he is a genius uh, because there's no way he should have figured out that stupid island like there's no way he's never seen anything like that before he would not I, know I'm, I'm telling you man like if, if he saw a flat panel television in one of these homes he would probably just stop 
<laughs> and just, and be just like, stare what? at that. Just, yeah. What? <laughs> or like a cell phone or something. It's like, hang on, you mean you're making a phone call from the street? <laughs> How from did you street? do that? What, what's with this? What is this? Why do you what have is a, this? a TV on your? <laughs> How do you have the TV in your hand? <laughs> uh, yeah. That'd be funny well, if that's the one thing Michael says in the whole movie. <laughs> In the entire history of the character. That's just what he says. D T H D. It's like, it's like, can I have some weed? I am brain dead. I can't talk about this movie anymore. Yeah, we. This has been a very long one, but a good yes. one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, thank you for joining us as we caught up on cinema uh, again. Halloween 2018, directed by David Gordon Green. Um, until next time, folks. Yeah, peace. Peace.